Who is this? That's Teddy. He's my best friend. Next to you, I mean. That's right, folks. On this month's episode of The Girls Who Cry Be Horror, we're covering 1987 Stuart Gordon's Dolls. Dolls, 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 dolls. Dolls for the dolls. Doll. Dolling. Dolling. Oh, we love a good doll. How have you been, darling? Doll. I'm I good. Can see you and I just this coronavirus. Oh what are God. we doing with this? What is this? <laughs> The Girls Who Cried Be Horror. Hi, folks. Welcome to this month's episode of The Girls Who Cried Be Horror. As always, I'm Anya. I'm Alex, if you forgot. Yeah, keep up, keep up. <laughs> um, and we are so excited about this month's episode. Um, it's so fun. It is one that Alex and I watched actually for the first time for mm-hmm. this podcast. All the other ones we've seen, um, and a lot of other ones that are on our list for the pod, we've already seen once, if not multiple times. But this was one we were like, you know what, let's liven it up, freshen it up, do something neither of us have seen before, and what a treat it was. Um, as we previously stated, it is the 1987, uh, I, almost part of me feels like saying children's horror movie, um, directed by Stuart Gordon, titled Dolls. Um, it's exactly what you think it is, a movie about killer dolls um and i thought it was delightful alex oh yeah what are your opening thoughts well the poster of it is so fun because it's just like this porcelain doll that's holding its eyeballs in its hands Mm -hmm. but like i've seen it for years and i don't know why but i always thought it was just like a doll doing like a fucking like rocker thing like with the the hands up (laughs) what i don't know i just like look at them like yeah that's a rocker doll and then i like looked at it for the first time like two days ago and i was like oh those are her fucking eyeballs i'm an idiot Ugh, but I mean, I watched it, I've seen it twice now, even though I have had never seen it before, because Greg also wanted to watch it, so we watched it last week, and I didn't take notes, I just, like, watched it, and then I rewatched it again, last, was that last night? Oh my god, the days, they blur. Um, yeah, I rewatched it again last night, and it's just, like, a very easy film to watch, it's mm-hmm. very funny. Um, and I think a lot of the humor is not intentional, and I think a lot of the intentional humor isn't funny, which is why I kind of love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I love a good puppet, practical effect, anything that's just like handmade. So stop motion claymation, motherfucker! I love it. Like it's just so much better than CGI. It just it just feels oh, so like genuine like it could really be happening it just looks cool so like there's a lot of good visuals in this movie I feel like in a similar vein as like the killer clowns this is like the movie that I recommend you really sit down and watch because we will not do justice for how fucking creepy and weird the dolls are I mean I want one of everyone all of them oh yes I mean we're gonna talk so much about it um but I found it to be, like I already said, like, I found it to be, like, delightful, obviously, because I love horror, but, mm-hmm. like, strangely heartwarming. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, because eventually we'll end up having friends as as guests on our pod, just because, you know, we love to do charity work. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Ooh, <laughs> the shit. I'm fucking kidding. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, but I was thinking, I was like, oh, you know who would be perfect if we had... I didn't realize, I mean, neither of us realized because it was the first time we were watching it, but I was like, someone would be perfect for doing this because it is almost, like, in certain ways, like, 
almost like made for younger audiences in a strange way um, would be our friend Trevor because he's heavily into um, children's entertainment, animation, stuff like that. It's because he's which, a child. He really is. He's our man child friend. Every unfortunately, every woman has one, don't they? I guess. Um. <laughs> anywho, but on the topic of Trevor, I want to take a moment to do what is now going to be our third ever podcast shout out here on the Girls Who Cry V Horror because Trevor, uh, very recently, um, has launched his own podcast with his friend uh, AJ Beltis. It is called The Old Kids Movies. Um, and if you're wondering what the hell is an old kids movie, um, let me read you their synopsis for their podcast, which is Revisit Millennial Kids Movies. Trevor Howell and AJ Beltis recount the popular, obscure, and forgotten movies of our childhood, asking ourselves if the movie still holds up, what it would take to release the movie today, and a look at where the stars are now. So it falls very much in line with a podcast like ours where we take, you know, an obscure horror movie per se, and we evaluate it in so many words. Their structure isn't quite like ours. They don't really do synopsis of the movies. Um, they assume that because you grew up with these movies, you've seen them before. Um, mm -hmm. But they do really interesting stuff where, like, they, they talk about, like, you know, what has aged well, what has not aged well. Like, if they were going to, like, re-release this today, like, whether it be a remake or reboot for the first time ever, like, what would have to change about it? How would it look in today's modern world being released for kids now? Um... And there are two people that definitely come across people that, like, definitely have an appreciation for children's media, which I really appreciate. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like children's entertainment often gets either looked down upon, which I don't think is fair because it's still valid entertainment and storytelling. Um, or in general, unfortunately, a lot of times when children's entertainment gets made, it gets dumbed down because they think children are idiots and they cannot handle uh, more intelligent media. So I really appreciate like a kid's movie, something like, I always think of Coraline. Coraline's a freaking great one. Mm -hmm. um, that like is definitely made for kids, but can like dabble in like grander ideas and darker subject matter. Anywho, I'm going on a tangent, but you should check out the old kids movies. They are streaming, I believe, um, everywhere that we're streaming, Spotify, iTunes, all that good shit. So check them out because we want to support our friends. Yeah, and sure. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you, Trevor. Anywho, lol. It's not like Trevor listens to our podcast no. anyway. Love Trevor. AJ's tried to get me a job multiple times, and it hasn't worked, but not anything to do with him. So we appreciate that. I hope not. Uh, good, old, okay. good boys. Anyway, moving on from that. Um, should we get cracking on some dolls behind the scenes Can facts? you tell me all of the fun facts? I'm dying. Yes, I will. I have to report that, I mean, probably a factor is that I'm also lazy um, and didn't do, like, extensive research, but there wasn't a whole lot of, like, ooh, fun facts about this movie. Mm -hmm. um, There's definitely facts about it, but I, you know, I'm not going to give a production history on this movie. No one's interested in that. And if you are, I mean, Google it. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but to start out, so the actress Carrie Lorraine, who plays our little star, Judy. Mm -hmm. We love Judy. Mm -hmm. um, the only other film credit she ever had was Poltergeist 2, The Other Side, mm -hmm. um, which we've both seen Poltergeist 2. Top of my head, I can't remember who she played in it. I mean, I only remember the crazy old man. Right. Because he was like, 
genuinely I think dying of like liver cancer at the time or something and so he was like just genuinely very sick and Mm -hmm. it like aided his performance it's a terrifying fucking performance but that's truly all I remember about it and then the really bad CGI ending so we can't even speak on it um but after this film um she retired from acting wow Um, imagine I know to retire at age (laughs) go out on top girl um but she had no interest in pursuing a career in acting, which I feel like is something that's not unheard of, especially with child actors, because mm-hmm. I feel like most of the time it's their parents pushing them into doing it. Yeah. Which, like, a lot of kids are very much, like, they love to ham it up. Like, I feel like, not all kids, but I feel like a lot of kids, it's like, oh, yeah, put them in front of a video camera or any kind of camera, and they're going to, like, be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they get to a certain age where then it's like, okay, like, is this for you, or is it, or was it just like, okay, my parents made me do it. I don't really want to do this. And it seems like it was the latter for her. Um, and she pursued a career as a criminal, uh, I can't speak, a criminal defense lawyer. Oh, I think I love her even more now. I know. Um, and on the topic of her still, um, and on a character that ugh, I've been dying to talk to you about, Mm-hmm. Since yesterday when I watched this movie. Um, Teddy. <laughs> oh, I'll get into Teddy in a I moment. I knew Teddy was going to be a big thing for you. The I first literally time, almost the first time stopped I saw... the movie dead to text you about Teddy. And I was I'm... like, nope, I have to wait. <sighs> but it was like, oh my god, it was like my skin was burning not being able to talk about Teddy. Oh yeah, um, let me tell you, when I saw it with Greg last week, like, the first time Teddy emerges, I was like, oh my god. Anya is truly going to shit herself. I literally, like, shit my drawers, bro. Like... I knew you would. I, I was like, <laughs> too bad I wasn't wearing a diaper because now there's shit everywhere. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, this little girl, Carrie Lorraine, um, she was fucking terrified of this teddy bear. Oh. Of this monstrous teddy bear, which we'll get to. I don't... They didn't specify if it, what version they were talking about. I, I, mean, I can assume which I one. I can also assume. Um, but which is so awful is that throughout the shoot, like, people in the crew, like, knew that she, like, she's a little girl. Like, I'm sure she wasn't hiding how fucking afraid she was. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they tried to make matters worse by, like, because it's a, someone had to be in the suit for it. Mm-hmm. Like, they would lurk in the shadows of the <laughs> set and growl at her. <gasps> That's mean. Right, and it's like, I would like to think, based on her little character in this movie, that she's a sweet little thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will go on record and say, like, if she was a little diva, a little brat on the set, hand to the Lord, I'm growling at that little bitch. I'm lurking in the shadows. I'm going to make her piss her little pants. But if she is a sweet little girl, like, fuck these people that scared her. She's, not nice. I just love her for a lot of reasons because... I mean, she's not a very good actress, so I think it makes sense that she oh, didn't not continue doing it. But, like, she's a bad actress in, like, my favorite kind of way. Where it's just the way she delivers lines is so funny. Like, the fucking stage directions they give her, she just does not do them naturally. She's so over the top. It's so she doesn't understand. Good. But she also, like, part of me thinks she looks like a baby Chelsea Peretti. So, like, I had Googled uh, her. Because, that's interesting. Do you think so? Now that you've said it, yes, I do. Because, like, I first thing I was like, is this baby Chelsea Peretti? I'm going to, like, die. And so, oh I, I mean, I did know that she was in Poltergeist, too, because I looked her up, because I literally was like, is this Chelsea Peretti? And then when I found out it wasn't, I was like, <laughs> but also, I kind of think that's is, this is exactly what my child will look like one day. Like, I feel like if I birth a baby, it's going to be this little girl. Like, she's going to birth Chelsea Peretti? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> like, I just, I just felt, like, very, like, 
strong maternal connection to this little girl. I was just like, this is, because she kind of looked like. Oh my God, yes. She kind of looked like what I looked like when I was that age. Like we had very similar hair. And I was like, I could see this being my baby girl. And she's also like really weird and crazy. And I was like, this checks out. So this I movie really, really spoke to me, which, like, we'll probably get to at the end when we, like, give our final feelings about mm-hmm. it, but, like, w- yeah, it really spoke to me, and then because of that, yeah, I felt the same kind of attachment to her, of being both, like, oh, I need to mother this child, but also I am this child. Yeah, exactly. Um, anywho, on the topic of our director, so as I said multiple times already, this movie was directed by Stuart Gordon, who some of you may know as the director of such films as Reanimator, um, From Beyond, Castle Freak, which Alex loves. Oh, God, um, I love Castle Freak. Castle oh. Freak. Um, but not only, this is just a random fun fact, not even one I had it written down, um, the woman that plays Rosemary, can do not have the actress's name at the top of my head. She's actually his wife in real life. Oh, Gordon's wife. That's and cool. she's in literally all of his movies. She's in Reanimator, she's in From Beyond, she's in Castle Freak, she's in literally all the other ones that I don't know the names of. Like, all of them. I like that. I did not know. So you know what? That's the kind of relationship, I feel like we've talked to this before. I think we definitely did. In one of the episodes. Where it's just like, my husband better be providing me with stardom. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I don't have it already by the time I meet him, which is like, probably not gonna happen because I'm just born to be a goddamn star. But if things play out that way, put me in everything. Where's my speaking role? Where's my lead? See, I would be the opposite. I would want Greg to put me in, like, whatever the weirdest, like, character is. Like, if there's, like, a little witch that just sits on, like, the stoop, I want to be her with, like, no lines. I just want to be, like, the guy, like, bagging something with, like, a fake mustache. Like, I just want to (laughs) be... I would want to. You just want to be Angela from Sleepaway Camp, because you can just sit and eat candy bars and. Not I guess I just I want to have like that Hitchcock moment where like you're like find her, because I'm just like in the background somewhere doing something stupid, so I don't have to like talk, but I can say I'm in the movie. Well, that's fun. See, that's what I want. Um, but anywho, um, this movie was kind of sparked by an experience Stuart Gordon had himself. Um, he went to the University of Wisconsin, um, and I guess at the university on the campus, near the campus, something like that, there was this historical society. And on, like, the third floor of this historical society, they had a whole huge, I guess, space room, whatever, that was a collection of Victorian porcelain dolls. And he went in there one day to, like, look at them or whatever and ended up getting locked inside of it, like, I think, for the night. Dumbass. So he was locked in this big-ass room with nothing but these, like, creepy porcelain Victorian dolls. And then, of course, like, it's dark in there, and your mind starts playing tricks on you. So he's, like, mm-hmm. convincing himself that they were, like, moving in the dark and blah, 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 blah. Which is why then, like, when they made this movie, which I believe I also read, um, the concept came from, I believe, the poster. Like, the poster was made before anything else. The little rock and roll doll? Yes, rock and roll eyeball <laughs> chick. Um... And I think from there, I can't remember who it said it was, but essentially, like, the studio, whoever, yada, 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 was like, yup, all they were like, was like, here's the poster, it's gonna be about killer dolls, or a killer doll. And they were like, sold. (laughs) Yup. Yep. We'll make that. Um, And then, but they were like, so then obviously they came up with the concept, which, like, honestly is not really what you expect. It is what you expect, but it's not what you expect at the same time, which we'll get into. But they were like, the circumstances are that, like, you have to have a scene in the movie that replicates the poster. Which they do. Um, but it's also why, like, Gordon, Stuart Gordon was like, we need to be using, like, the dolls in we have to be, like, porcelain Victorian dolls. Because that is where my fear comes from. Mm-hmm. It's from that specific instance. Which is why almost exclusively all of the dolls are 
Victorian porcelain dolls. My last fact is that actually at one point there was supposed to be a sequel to this film that Stuart Gordon was going to direct and the storyline would follow, without spoiling anything for y'all, um, the surviving characters mm -hmm. after they left the house and went off to where they were going. Actually, you know what? Damn, I got good facts, but like I can't share them till the end. So you know what? I'll come back to this fact at the end too, because it's gonna give away literally our whole ending. So why wow, you're such a fucking tease on you? I know. I love to tease. You know me. Well, um, then just yeah. let's fucking crack into the movie then, shall let's we? Let's get right into the movie because that's really gonna be the most fun, and I have been waiting all damn day to talk about this okay. movie. Okay, take it so, away. Here we go, dolls. We open up. There's credits. <laughs> you need to know about the credits. I mean, you, guys, are you shocked? There's opening credits. Are you gagged? Um, and the credits, the first thing that I noted is that, like, while the credits are playing, it's, like, everyone's name popping up on this black screen, and they, like, illuminates a different doll head next to each person's name. Um, the first doll head, I was like, okay, me? Because it's just this, like, doll, big, fat, round doll head, no hair, big blue eyes, and I was like, I feel seen. I feel represented in this. Um, anywho, screw the credits. We're so wait, on. no. So which little weird fucking chubby ass doll with sharp teeth and eye that shows up? What do you mean? I mean, throughout the credits, like, the dolls get progressively uglier. Why would you ask me to tell you which ugly doll Because you're you like, are? I'm the angelic beautiful one that opens up. I wasn't being like, tag yourself, <laughs> I'm this one. I'm, I'm just, just saying. Like, oh my god, first of all, the fact that you think the first doll that it opens up on is beautiful. I don't remember angelic. what, I don't remember what it looks like. I just it's remember Alex. that, well, I just remember that they get worse and worse as they go. And like, they all have like double chins and they have weird teeth. And I'm like, that's a fucking infant. Why does it have full sharp teeth? It's terrifying. I do not like well, it. They, none of them look like you. So. Well, I disagree, but that's fine. Well, we're not going to do this. Well, I'll tag what? myself on our Instagram, okay? I will okay? kill you. I will kill you. You're so goddamn beautiful. Shut, shut up. Oh my God. Anywho, so it's time to get to the story. So it is dark. We're driving. There's two girls on the side of the road, two punk rock girls, but don't worry about them because they're going to come back later. They're not important at this moment because they're almost getting run over by this goddamn family in a car. So, this is where we meet our main family. We've got our little queen, Judy, strapped in, in the back seat with her pigtails and her gosh darn overalls. And who else? Teddy. Teddy. Even in this instant, just seeing this teddy bear. And it's just like a normal looking teddy bear, but also the cutest teddy bear you've ever seen. I was like writhing. I was like gripping my laptop. I was like, yeah, Teddy. <laughs> Like, stuffed animals, y'all, I have an issue. We'll bring it up later. I'm um, sure we will. There's no way around it. Then we have uh, Rosemary, who is, you would assume at first it would be this girl's mother, but that gets, Miss Judy tells us right away, you're not my mother, Rosemary. Well, also, like, um, I would just like to make note of the way that she looks. Well, now that I know that she's Stuart Gordon's wife, I want to, like, be more respectful, but she's dressed <laughs> like a combination of little Edie from Grey Gardens and yeah. Cruella DeVille. Yes. And it's so... She has, like, the head wrap, but, like, the fucking Her dramatic. head is wrapped the whole movie, but, like, it, it... To the point where I was like, oh, there's gonna be some reveal. No, she just enjoys, like, a headscarf. But she had, like, this fucking glamorous fur coat. She's the one driving. She's, like, the one who almost... No, she's not. Yeah, she is. She very much is. She's the one driving. She's the one who almost hits the girls. They're in Europe, so it's on the opposite side. 
Oh, he's like he's fucking around with the map so like you know right from the get that like she's fucking bougie and she's a bitch because she's driving like crazy and she almost just hit these two girls and she's like whatever she doesn't give a shit yeah, so essentially the main thing to take away is that, like, there's this family, they're driving, they're trying to get somewhere, they're, like, on vacation per se. It gets revealed to us in this opening scene or whatever that the man who's also in the car with them, David, David is Judy's father, Rosemary is David's new wife, Rosemary couldn't cannot stand Judy, the feeling is mutual, but also David cannot stand Judy, it seems, <laughs> yeah. who's his flesh and blood. And the thing is, like, Judy, like, apparently, like, obviously, like, her parents are divorced. Her mother lives in Boston. And from what we can gather, like, See, her mother's it's me. Wonderful... It's me. I'm it's her mother. Yes. I'm her mother. Alex lives in Boston. Um, she takes care of Judy for, like, I guess half of the year. Oh, whatever. my God. I do. Um, it's, it's wonderful. Um, I love her. But it kills me because it's just, like, the whole thing is just, like, it seems like at the beginning he's, like, you know, well, like, you're, like, I don't know, I got the vibe. I don't know if I, like, missed a line or, like, why I'm thinking this. But, like, it was just, like, at first it was, like, okay, like, Judy's just being difficult. And he's, like, Judy, like, I'm your father. You're spending time with me now. This is my time with you. But then almost instantly he switches to being, like, oh, God, I wish you were in Boston. I don't like you. I mean, yeah, I think both of those things exist at the same time. Like, so, yeah, it's just, like, established right away that, like, not only do they not like Judy, but it's not even any, like, subtle thing. Like, it's not even, like, you know, your classic, like, Lindsay Lohan parent trap, whatever, what's her name is, where she's, like, I love you girls, but then, like, secretly is, like, I'm gonna ship you off to boarding school or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, this woman, Rosemary, is, like, very upfront where she's, like, Judy, I will punch your teeth in. <laughs> like, that's her whole, bo- like, she's ready to assault this child in this car. And her father's, like, go for it. I'll knock her out next. Like, they hate this little girl. And from the beginning, I was like, oh, my God. Like, why are they so nasty? But I did know also that Judy has this little froggy backpack (laughs) that also made me shake. I was like, I need it. I'm sure you, oh, God. God. You don't need any more of Judy's whole look, like, I don't have hair, so I can't do the pigtails, Mm -hmm. and that's fine. But, like, coming strapped up with those overalls. Yes, queen. Froggy backpack. Ooh. Strap with that, too. Yes, girl. Teddy in her arms because it's her best friend. We love that loyalty. Ooh. <laughs> I felt seen by this little girl. Um, menu, as they're driving in this dark night. Oh, we cannot forget. It's a dark and stormy night. Mm-hmm. And it's downpouring. And, of course, you know what's going to happen. The car gets stuck in the mud. And at this point, you know, they get out. Judy's like, what about like what are we gonna do and they're like we're gonna kill this kid and leave her body in the woods i swear to god (laughs) like they're ready um so at this point it's your classic like rocky horror picture show or even before that like the old dark house where it's like the car is broken down we're out in the middle of nowhere we cannot we're not gonna sit in the car all night we're not gonna stand out in the rain we have to go somewhere and what's that off in the distance a house well let's just go there so they start their trek off to this house through the mud whatever it's raining judy's kind of trailing behind because they literally could not give a shit about this child they're ready to leave her out here to die she's not even that far behind them like she's she's you know keeping up i thought pretty decently but then like they don't give this girl a chance because rosemary turns around they're like essentially like scolding her for like hurry up blah blah and then rosemary's like oh it's this like bear of yours that's like you just drop him leave him where he is he's holding you back Oh, Alex. (laughs) 
you know that this like made my fucking fight or flight kick in. So we knew it was inevitable. I'm just gonna give you guys some a quick tangent about me. I know you love them so much. You gobble them up. Um, I have an issue, one of many. Um, and this particular issue is that I'm obsessed with stuffed animals. Um, I have a problem. As I record this right now, on my bedroom floor, there is a pile of no less than 40 stuffed animals right next to me. Just strewn. I'm not even shitting you. Alex knows this to be true. Yeah, I can confirm. When I came to visit, she was, like, organizing her stuffed animals, and I could, That went out the window. I could barely... Her bedroom is large. I could barely walk without, like, having to dodge a teddy here and there. There were, like, probably 80 stuffed animals i mean like i have every kind of animal under the sun we were very surprised if you follow us on instagram when we released our anaconda episode we did a series of alex's big stuffed snake uh jake the snake and when we she was taking photos of him um with his permission of course um i was like i had this realization where i was like oh my god i don't have a snake a snake stuffed animal that's incredible. The fact that you didn't then immediately go online and buy a snake. But that's the thing. It's like, okay, next time I see a snake, so then I'm going to have to buy one because like, I need one. But yeah, my thing is, like, I just, like, love to have them. It's definitely, like, some dark, horrible void that I don't even know what it is that I'm trying to fill because it's, like, I don't really do anything with them. I just like having them. They bring mm-hmm. me comfort just, like, having them around. I love them all. I would never drop one in the woods. Are no. you, like, I would sooner be like, oh, okay, like, I have dead weight, like, I don't know, like, cut off one of my arms. <laughs> then, I, like, it's so devastating, and I get made fun of all the time for doing this. Like, Bridget tries to come for me all the time, and she has every right to because it's, like, embarrassing. Where, like, I'll be in, like, a Target or something, and I'll, like, spot the stuffed animal aisle, and I cannot help myself. I have to go look, and I, like, touch all of them, and I'm, like, looking at all of them, and then I'll find one that's just, like, a, like, perfectly cute or just like perfectly odd enough where I'm like oh, I love them I've connected with them and then it's like oh well it's like you know $15 for this stuffed animal that I absolutely do not need there's a I it is the highest thing on the list of things that I do not need to be purchasing mm-hmm. and then I'll be like okay yeah I'm not gonna get it and then I'll have this true like and I'm not even making it up or exaggerating where I feel this immense guilt as if like I've left a child that's like <laughs> parentless in a supermarket like see a kid like that's how I feel I'm like oh my god like what if no one ever picks them yeah and like they're alone like they need me to take them in but then I go back and forth because I'm like well what if I'm taking them from their stuffed animal family that they have here on the shelf should I just buy all the stuffed (sighs) animals and they can all come live with it it's a sickness you guys so that's like how real it is so like when she suggested that Judy should leave this goddamn teddy bear in general, anywhere, but then, like, on the muddy road in the rain, I was, like, the audacity. Like, at that point, if someone ever, I don't care who you are, my parent by blood, a step-parent, a friend, a sibling, a, a, a stranger, I don't care. If you ever seriously suggested to me, like, oh, you're, like, you're taking too much time, like, drop the stuffed animal. I will kick you off a cliff before I drop the stuffed animal. I just want to make that very clear. So this already, like, incited, like, rage in me where I was like, oh, at this point, you know this woman's a bitch and you're just like, no, she's going to die and you want her to get it really bad. But this was my moment of being like, oh, I hope she gets it the worst. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but so this is where we get the classic line um, where she's like, she says something. Oh, she, Judy goes, Teddy, and she's like, no, 
thank God. She's like, I'm not going to drop my teddy bear. Are you insane? And she's like, Teddy and I go everywhere together. We're best friends. Yeah, they which are. Which is literally just like me and Alex. Um, Alex is the teddy to my Judy, obviously. Thank you. That's sweet. You're welcome. I feel like it's the opposite, but thank you. I mean, you're actually 100% correct. <laughs> I'm very much teddy. Yeah, you are. I have big teddy energy. Yeah. Um. So then, of course, because this woman is a goddamn witch – She's not having it, so she rips Teddy from Judy's arms and rockets him into the goddamn forest. Yes. Like, doesn't just drop him to the ground. She, like, got frisbee throws this bear into some shrubbery. And so I was devastated instantly. I was like, oh, my God. Like, it's gone. Teddy's gone. Mm-hmm. And we had so few, few minutes together. There was so much I wanted to know about him. So much love to be shared between us. And he's just gone. Well, this was the moment that I was like, it's going to take a lot for me to not love this movie beyond this point. Like, they're going to have to do something really bad. Otherwise, I love this movie I've decided in this very moment. Because almost instantly, after they throw Teddy, the bushes begin to rustle. And they're like, what is that? Here comes, (laughs) out of the bushes, Teddy. But now Teddy is... Not only the size of a full human adult, he's bigger than a full human adult. He towers over both David and Rosemary. He comes like, he's a big boy. He's a big boy. Not only did it make me think of, of course, I know you know what I'm talking about, that episode of Supernatural. Yes. Where, like, the little girl, like, whatever she, like, or not even the little girl, like, whatever anyone wishes for in, like, a certain wishing well or whatever it is, it comes true. And, like, the one girl wishes for, like, her teddy bear to come to life. And it ends up, like, being this huge life-size teddy bear that, like, blows its brains out. That is literally my favorite Supernatural episode. Oh, my God. I you know it was my favorite? that episode. Because not only did I get a big teddy bear, but then I got Love of My Life, Jensen Ackles yeah. as Dean, mm-hmm. talking to a big teddy bear. Mm-hmm. The things that it did to me, I was like, <laughs> ooh, I'm getting hot Fathers. That's season I'm five, baby. Season unwell. five is so good. I will fucking tell everybody to watch season five of Supernatural. Because it's, season five, if I'm remembering so correctly, has all, like, the fun, ridiculous episodes. Yeah. Like, oh, Like the one where Dean uh, is afraid of everything. Yeah, oh, my God. Ugh. So good. So Wait, is that cute. also the same season when they get stuck in, like, the TV? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, I believe perfect. so. Best it's season of the whole goddamn show. I'll so go record right now and say it. Um, anywho, to get off this gosh darn Supernatural <laughs> Always coming back to Jared. Jared Padalecki, we love you. Please sponsor us, Jared <laughs> What's he gonna sponsor us? I don't know. Sponsor us with your love, motherfucker. Oh, I love it. Um, oh my god, I'm sweating thinking about it. Um, but anywho, so here comes huge Teddy. He also made me think of Mongo from Shrek 2, the big mm-hmm. gingerbread man, who yes. I would also give my life for. So um, so he's, like, lurking out, and, like, her parents are, like, are, are like, what the hell? They're looking at her, and Judy's kind of standing there just, like, mouth agape. Oh, some like, acting is happening. Like, and I was just, at this point, I was just, like, hollering. I was like, fuck him up, Teddy! <laughs> Get him! Um, I was like, oh, this is so amazing. I was like, this movie didn't wait a gosh darn second. Yeah, we're, like, three minutes stuff. in here. We're not eating. Yeah, we're, like, literally, like, five-minute mark, and this shit is happening. And so... You think it's like, what's going to happen? You know, just like sock him with a punch? No. In a werewolf-esque transformation, this big teddy begins to rip out of his normal teddy bear cloth stuffing whatever into a huge 
real live bear, but it looks mm-hmm. like a bear mixed with a werewolf. Yeah, it like does. it's like horrifying. It's got huge claws, like snarling teeth, and it like slashes the parents and like kills them dead right there, like tears them apart. He's got blood all over him. And then Judy's just standing there like <gasps> watching the whole thing. And then when it's done, you're like, Oh my god, what's gonna happen? Is it gonna attack Judy? It can't. It's her Never. teddy, it's her best friend. Is Judy gonna be so scared she's gonna run I can't speak, run away? No, almost in one of my favorite moments of this movie, she literally looks at Teddy. She's like, oh, Teddy. And then Teddy just goes, wah, and like shrugs. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I would give my kidneys for this sitcom. Just Judy and Teddy, where like Teddy will occasionally come out of his sweet teddy bear skin into a horrible beast and kill anybody that's mean to Judy. Just them and their shenanigans. I want it today. I want it now. I kind of wish that's what the movie was. Oh, my God. Alex, that's what the movie was? Like, oh, my. I think I wouldn't even be able to talk about it. I would be so in love with it. I wouldn't be able to find words. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would either be I wouldn't be able to speak a, a word about it or I would never be able to shut up. Um, but alas, you guys, almost instantly, womp. Here comes goddamn Rosemary tugging on Judy's arm because it was all a dream, all a fantasy Judy had of Rosemary and David getting their comeuppance for throwing away Teddy because Teddy did not actually grow huge and jump out of the bushes. It was just Judy thinking about it. So Rosemary's like, girl, stop daydreaming. A huge theme or whatever we want to call it in this movie is that Judy loves to daydream. Or at least they think that that's all Judy does. Because whenever she brings anything up, they're like, Judy, you're notorious for this. You always claim that you saw this thing or this thing Mm -hmm. or this thing that isn't real. And we've had enough of it because it just is annoying and or it causes us problems or ass aches. So, like, this is our first sign of that with the daydreaming about the teddy bear and them being like, Judy, move your ass. She just has an imagination. Yeah, as all children should. Yeah. Um... So here we get to the abandoned house. They see it. They're like, okay. They go up to the front door. It seems that there's nobody's home. I believe the front door is locked. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, like, Rosemary's freaking out. They're like, well, why is nobody here? Blah, blah, Like, doing something that I feel like doesn't happen a lot in horror movies when they find an abandoned house. They're just like, we're just going to go in. Right. Who cares? And she does have this moment of being like, well, why is no one here? Do you think that they already left? Because, like, what if this like is a place that, like, floods? And, like, this house is going to flood and it's going to be, like awful and they're like oh my god relax um so they end up going into the house they find this like cellar door and they're like all right we got to get in we're getting drenched in the rain they go in now they're in this dark cellar they can't really see much i mean you can make out the characters but they can't really see anything and we hear some scuttling in the darkness and some little giggles (laughs) um and it's like what is that and like judy sees something in the darkness like little red eyes and of course she freaks she's like (gasps) and she backs up knocks her father into some boxes and because he literally would love to see her corpse just like dead on the floor at any moment he's like pissed off at her he's like oh my god like enough with this you seeing stuff like you're being so annoying blah blah and then instantly here comes the lights because who's standing at the top of the cellar stairs with a gun pointed at them but this old couple very like american gothic Mm -hmm who are clearly the owners of this home. Their names are Gabriel and Hillary. And so at first you're like, oh God, it's like your notorious, like creepy old couple that lives in the abandoned house, like very the old dark house, like stuff like that. Like you've seen it once, you've seen it a million times. 
they're gonna like kill them or just be like very creepy the whole time mm-hmm. well you're wrong because that's the exact opposite of what happens because almost instantly they're like they like put the gun down they're like oh, we'll come upstairs like come and get dry like come have something to eat um and i think judy says something to them about like Oh, because he turns off the lights. They come up the stairs, and she starts, like, jogging up the stairs. He's like, and the old man, Gabriel, who I love, I was obsessed with him. <laughs> he literally is like, oh, like, what's wrong, sweetheart? He's like, he, it's such a strange juxtaposition, because you come from Judy being with the people that are like, even though Rosemary isn't really her mother, like, at least at the very least, David's her actual father, and he cannot stand her. He treats her like shit. He wants something to do with her. And then this random old man who has, like, because it's a horror movie, you think instantly, like, oh, well, he's going to be creepy and, like, hate children, like, mucking about in his house. Not at all. And not only is he, like, oh, nice to Judy, he's wonderful to Judy. At every turn, he's just like, oh, you precious little child. I'm going to be so sweet to you and and listen to everything that you say. And I was just like, oh, my God, please save this girl. Like, adopt her, please. Um, Because she, like, she runs up the stairs, and he's like, oh, like, why are you running? Or, like, what's wrong? He's like, are you afraid of the dark? And she's like, I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of what's in the dark. And he, like, essentially, like, says something that's, like, you know, oh, you have a wonderful imagination, which, once again, is the first time we're hearing this, because any other time up to this point that she's thought she's seen something or said anything, Rosemary and David are like, shut up, idiot child. Disgusting imagination. Um, so they come up to the main part of the house. They're walking through the house, but they're heading to the kitchen to get some supper, and they pass a room, which is like, oh, now we know where we are. Now we know what's going to go down because it's a huge room filled to the brim, every shelf, every corner, all the walls with what, Alex? Dolls. Dolls, darling. Yeah, There's dolls. There's dolls everywhere. Dolls. Oh, I love a doll. Um, yeah, so of course Judy's like, oh, oh my goodness, blah, 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 blah. So I just like continue to fall in love with this old couple because now they're in the kitchen. They're eating the supper that's kind of like this, like, I don't even know, it almost looked like pesto-ish. I don't oh, know, it's see, like this green I wrote, I wrote that it was a, oh God, whatever, I wrote nasty-ass-looking gray soup. <laughs> I thought it was, like, dark green looking. Oh, it did not look good to me. I don't know what it was. I mean, I didn't want to eat it, but I was just, like, trying to visually describe it I don't for think that, is pesto soup a thing? Pesto is, like... No, and pesto isn't a soup, but I was just thinking, I was like, what is something that's liquidy that's, like, greenish? I don't think pesto. that was, I don't think that was pasta and pesto. I think it was, like, more like a pea soup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Guys, gross. I'm not smart. Please don't get it twisted. <laughs> Anya only eats chicken fingers. Okay, literally? Keep so do, so do I. Down. Keep your goddamn voice down. <laughs> um, anywho, so this old couple just continues to prove themselves to be lovely. They're, like, this sweet old couple. We find out that they, well, first of all, like, I just need to say that I love their house. Yeah, it's beautiful. Not only it's because huge. it's like a huge old house, but it's filled with toys. I love toys. Yes, I love stuffed animals, but I also love toys. Um, I'm a freak, y'all. No, you're just six years old. So. Okay, anyways, moving on. <laughs> with a potty mouth. I really am. I'm like the worst toddler ever. Yeah, you are. Um... But so, it's continuing to storm outside, and they're talking about how, like, oh, they, like, lo- like, this this storm that would, like, probably, like, usually scares a bunch of people away from this area. They love storms like this. They love a violent storm. Same. Like, Ooh, it's, like, same. when, like, the magic happens and blah, blah, blah. And, like, yeah, when they're saying all this, I'm, like, because Gabriel reveals he's also a doll maker. He's, like, oh, that's, I do my best work when it storms like this, and he's a doll maker. Because I think Rosemary's, like, oh, what work is that? Like, witchcraft? And they're, like, close. We make dolls. Um, 
So it's just like, I'm like, oh my God, these whimsical, strange, kind old people that live in a huge, dark mansion. They love a violent storm. They're sweet. They They make dolls. They make nasty food. I love them. Yes. But I feel like if I was like, can I have some chicken tenders? (laughs) They'd be like, of course, darling. Um... It's like they're they're really oh my god you know what they are I just thought of this they're like Coraline's other parents like other mother and other father except spoiler they never have a bad twist where they try to twist on Judy right like it's like the ideal version of that where it's like oh here are the better version of my parents and that's just all it is yeah. the better version they're delightful um, wonderful and then so this is when Gabriel takes notice that Judy does not have a toy. And Judy tries to tell him, like, oh, well, I came here with my best bitch in the entire world, Teddy. But, uh, Miss Rosemary threw him away. But before she can get out that Rosemary threw him away, Rosemary's like, you dropped it, didn't you? As she, like, violently kicks Judy under the table for, like, the fucking sixth time. I was like, this is just full-on child abuse. They are awful to this little girl. And then, of course, because Gabriel is wonderful, he's like, well, a little girl without a doll is somehow incomplete. And I really believe that. And not anything to do with anything being gendered or, like, girls have to have dolls or anything like that. I just think, overall, a child without a toy is incomplete. Which is why I love things in the holiday time where, like, you can buy a toy for a child. Not to go on some strange tangent. But at the end of the day, like, all children should have toys. Mm -hmm. And that's my stance. Um... So he reveals, and Alex, I was, this I found to be so funny because it was something that you, I didn't know about until you Mm -hmm. brought it up in our Killer Clowns episode, is he takes out this doll that looks like kind of like a court jester. It's not a particularly cute doll, but whatever. Honestly, if I was Judy and this old nice man gave me something, I'd be like, yeah, I love it. Doesn't matter what it is. (laughs) Um, But it looks like a court jester, and he says, this is Mr. Punch. Mm-hmm. And he's giving it to a girl named Judy, which obviously is in reference to the Mr. Punch and Judy puppets that you had brought up in our um, Killer Clowns episode. Yeah, the abusive which, puppets. Well, that's exactly what I thought. Immediately when he gave it to her, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. At this point, yes, Gabriel's being nice and so is Hillary, but we don't know anything else yet. We don't know if there's going to be some horrible twist. <coughs> there you guys go. There's the bird for the Ugh, episode. Jesus Christ. I'm signing off. <laughs> I'm leaving. Bye, guys. That's the episode. Ugh. First one yet. Um... But I was like, oh, my God, like, P- Mr. Punch and Judy, like, is this doll going to beat the shit out of Judy? <laughs> Everyone like, I was Judy so up. scared. They'd uh, be like, good night, Judy. And then, like, in her sleep, he's going to be like, hey, and, like, literally, like, beat the life out of this little girl. And I was like, oh, I can't do it. She's been abused too much already. Um, so I was just, like, very nervous about that the whole time. So as they're eating, who comes in, truly just, like, uninvited, just, like, storming in through the back door, is another fan favorite baby ralph right um and the two punk girls that we saw from the beginning of the movie and it's revealed in this dialogue exchange essentially like their car also broke down because ralph was driving he saw the two girls on the road and like you know saw them in the rain felt bad for them so he was gonna like they were hitchhiking he was giving them a ride and the car broke down so they all came in the house and the girls are kind of like making fun of him like they're like oh you give us a ride because like you wanted to like you know have sex with us or whatever and he's like well no like i i didn't do that i'm not that kind of guy like i just gave you a ride because like i saw you out in the rain and like how you were dressed and you're like what do you mean how we're dressed he's like oh i i didn't mean that and he's like he's just like suffering he's like a bumbling lovable fool um so it's just like he's just happy to be in this house or whatever. So I did make note, mm-hmm. which apparently was also intentional, which I found out when I was reading some behind the scenes facts, that the girls, both the girls really look like Madonna. 
Yep. Isabel more so. She looks very much like Madonna. Like she's in like the all black like leather, the very like blonde teased out hair. And then Enid is the other girl who I said she looks like a combination of the girl in Ferris Bueller's Day Off that Principal Sweeney like mistakes for Ferris. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the girl from, I believe it's uh, Nightmare 3 Dream Warriors that's like, okay. in my dreams, I'm beautiful and bad. See, it's funny because I said she looked like a young Olivia Coleman. Oh, you know what? The face does. Yeah. I think, like, her style mm-hmm. is what I was referencing with the other two, but, but yeah, her face definitely looks like a young Olivia Coleman. Um, so, I also made note at this point that the old guy, missed, which was Gabriel, um, he was reminding me also of Ramsley from the Haunted Mansion movie, which I know so many people hate. I have my own thoughts on I'm not going to go into now. Um, but just, like, being, like, that old guy that was, like, I, it was something about the, the fact that he was an old white guy with, like, white hair. But also the fact that he was like, welcome to my manor. Um, which, you know I love that. Ooh, I love a haunted mansion. Um, but so anywho, this is our main cast. We've met them all at this point. So we've got old couple that lives there, Gabriel and Hillary. We've got the family, uh, little Judy, motherfucker David, and nasty bitch Rosemary. And then we have the remaining three, which was Ralph, the sweet doof that was just driving on the wrong road at the wrong time and the two punk hitchhikers Isabel and Enid so at this point okay so then they're like okay well everyone can stay the night because we have a huge mansion right so we're gonna do the classic like let's show everybody to their rooms so they drop the punk girls off at their room and this is when it's revealed that the punk girls essentially like the whole reason that they like were trying to hitchhike and especially with Ralph because he's an easy target is they want to steal Ralph's wallet and his car keys They're trying to screw him over, and they're, like, kind of trying to plan out. They're, like, well, we're all in separate rooms now, and, like, it's storming out and all this shit. Like, kind of, like, Isabel is very hooked on this plan of, like, we're going to rob him. And meanwhile, they're, like, blaring this boombox that they just, like, brought with them obnoxiously in their room. Um, And Enid is kind of seeming already just, she's, like, I don't know. Like, maybe we shouldn't. And Isabel's, like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm going to figure it out, whatever. I did make note that I loved Enid's purple boots. Once again, like, y'all should just watch this movie. If you're someone that hasn't been watching the movies or you don't like horror movies, this is a really, really easy one to start with. Like, it is very timid in a lot of ways, and I, it's really fun. And also, I want you to see Enid's purple boots because they really are a look. Um, but so, everyone gets dropped off. Um, and then the parents get dropped off at their room, and they're essentially like, oh, there's only one bed in here. Like, where's the kid gonna sleep? The kid! It's her daughter, and he's calling her the kid. Um, so then, like, at this point, because Gabriel is obviously in tune with all this shit, and he's on Judy's side, he's like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, Judy's getting her own room, and they're like, oh, well, that's great. Mind you, they don't know this guy. Like, obviously, we trust Gabriel. But if this is my kid, and I care about my kid, and we were stopping in a stranger's mansion... I'm not letting my kid walk off with an old guy I don't know in a strange large house to go sleep in a room that I'm, at the very least, not even seeing where it is first. Mm -hmm. But this just further proves, like, how little they care about this little girl. They're like, sure, take her off our hands. So we proceed on. Hillary, I don't even know where the hell. She's just wanted, she's, I don't know, still in the kitchen at this point. She's not relevant at this point. So at this point, it's just Ralph, Judy, and Gabriel, and they're walking through the halls, and Judy's asking Gabriel about, like, well, where are the fairies and the elves? Like, 
the ones that like obviously like help you make the dolls and the ones that I heard earlier because she had heard when they were walking into the house behind one of the doors once again more giggling and scuttling and she's like she's knowing she's hearing this stuff but of course none of no one will listen to her at least not her parents because they're like oh that imagination of hers so he's like well come with me both of you down to my workshop and they go to his workshop and it's this beautiful beautiful workshop where he makes his dolls and immediately both Judy and Ralph are mesmerized and this is where we really get a good look at what Ralph's character is like and you instantly fall in love with this big doof because he's just like oh my god like this stuff is great he's like really appreciative of like not only that they're like the the fun that toys are but the craftsmanship he's just very very sweet and kind-hearted and he's looking at the toys and he's like you know kind of and he starts to get a little embarrassed because he realizes he's like oh well like I'm like a grown man and he's like, you know, oh, it's like too bad we have to outgrow them, right? And then Gabriel's like, no one says you have to. And Gabriel just like so many lines in this movie, which is kind of like an overarching theme of the whole thing about like maintaining your inner child, which is like strangely the whole point of this whole movie, which we'll get to. But like, then like, you know, Judy makes some comment about like her imagination again um, and how like, you know. She's like, oh, well, my dad says it's, like, a bad thing or, like, it's, like, stupid or whatever. And then he's, Gabriel says, daddies can be wrong sometimes, darling. And I said, say it louder for the people in the back. Because ain't that the motherfucking truth? I love my parents. But, girl, I know that you know. Sometimes daddies can be wrong, darling. Like, it is the truth. But... Ralph then goes on to tell this sweet, sweet story about how when he was growing up, like, his, his, essentially his, this wonderful relationship he had with his father and his toys and how, like, he had, was convinced they would come to life when he was sleeping. I feel like we've all had that thought, whether it's because of Toy Story or just our own imaginations and shit like that. Like, everyone's thought at least once when you left the room or when you weren't looking, your toys had their own little lives going on and their own little fun and their own little parties. Um... I still think it. You know what? I'll go on record and say right now. I know these hoes are moving around when I'm not looking. Well, yeah, I know they're intelligent. That's why you don't want to leave them in the store. Exactly. I'm like, you're going to come to my big room, and you're going to be in this metropolis of gosh darn stuffed animals, and you're going to have the time of your life. You're going to fall in love. You're going to have, you're going to, I mean, they can't really have babies, but you can adopt little or stuffed animals as your children. I'm making families. Um, but anyway, he goes on to just talk about how, like, and he was, like, so convinced that they would come alive that he would, like, leave cookies under his bed um, for them. And then, like, Gabriel's like, oh, what, is, what happened with that? And he's like, well, all I did was attract ants. LOL. Um, but then, like, he's like, so then I was talking to my dad about it. And my dad was like, you know, well, you know, toys eat imaginary cookies. And they're all, like, laughing. And it's this very sweet, sweet moment that, like, this was the point where I was like, what is the tone of this movie? Like, I'm not mad about it, but it's just, like... We go from, like, the beginning scene with the teddy where it's like, oh, this shit is crazy, and I love it, and then kind of from that point on, it's like, okay, now it's feeling more stereotypical, like, old dark house, old couple, but then it subverts the expectations because this old couple is, like, endearingly sweet, like, there's nothing really at this point, unless you noted something, Alex, that I found sinister about either of the couple, um... I mean, maybe their house, because it's creepy a little bit, but, like, nothing about the couple themselves. Um, and it was just this, like, scene in the workshop where, it, like, it really was just, like, so sweet. And it literally just was about, like, you know, 
maintaining like childlike joy and you don't have no one says you have to outgrow those things like who makes those rules like you can still like have a childish like disposition or like be a child at heart um and he says this line gabriel says um you know or i think ralph says something about like he remembers all of his toys from growing up and gabriel says and they remember you ralph toys are very loyal which you know that i love to hear that I'm like, oh, I love my little toy army that will do anything for me. Um, and also because I'm very good to my toys. I've never been mean to any of my stuffed animals. So I was like, I'm so glad that that, that will be a mutual exchange. <laughs> but then we just kind of like end on that scene, which is very, very sweet. Now we move back to our hitchhiker girls who, there are a few things I would like to bring up about them. Just because they're so, their style is so very specific. It's like, it has to be talked about because you already brought up that yes they're both dressed like madonna uh isabel specifically is in like your classic like material girl outfit with like the leather jacket and you know the hair and the bow and all that shit um Mm -hmm. but she's also wearing like bright orange eyeshadow all the way across her brow Mm -hmm. it's like really like weird and like it's like very drag i like it and yeah Enid is wearing, like, a lot of whatever. Let's see. What is, Enid was, like, less interesting, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. she, but she had, like, a pinkish, like, black mohawk type thing going on. And, like, she was cute in her own way. But, like, I feel like Isabel was, like, definitely the main person. Um, well, Enid also has the boy toy belt. Which yes, the boy toy I, belt I believe is also, good. like, a belt that literally Madonna does yeah, wear. And that, that does come in nicely. Um, but they also have, like, really thick Cockney accents, which is, like, yes. a very important part of their characters because like the first thing that they say when you first see them when they almost get run off the road is Isabel yells wanka and I love it um Mm -hmm. so like they're just like very British very like East End you know clearly love Madonna so that's the kind of vibe you get and like obviously they want to rob everybody so we're back in the girls room and Hillary shows up to bring them some towels because she's being a nice host um but then she's also just like kind of low-key rude unintentionally because she's like if you want to like wipe off all that like paint you have it like clearly got messed up in the rain and they're like bitch this is what my face looks like this is a choice this makeup is what i like and she's like oh silly me i have no concept of the modern world and you're just like okay these i did note though that it was just like it clearly was like unintentional like it didn't oh, no, feel like no, it was I backhanded was. yeah and then like instantly she was like oh like literally don't even listen to me i'm a dumb old woman yeah. <laughs> i love it though um and so I'm sorry, I literally just called them, like, Madonna 1, Madonna 2, because I didn't know their names. So, Isabel, I will edit as I go. Um, Isabel, taking this opportunity, is just, like, asking if all of the trinkets around them are, like, valuable, and she keeps calling them antiques. She's like... And she said antiques at first. You got an equal to antiques, you got antiques. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. And she's, and poor Hillary's like, what are you saying? And and she's like, oh, antiques. And she's just kind of like still playing that, like, oblivious role of, like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess things are worth money. Like, I'm an antique. Am I worth anything? <laughs> and God. and Isabel's <laughs> like, mm, yeah, okay, great, great. And so when she leaves, she's like, all right, amazing. No fucking questions. We are robbing these people. <laughs> like, right. I don't care that they're being really kind and, ha- and hospitable. Like, we are fucking taking them for all they're worth. And Edith's still kind of like, I don't know. Like, that's, I don't know if that's a good idea. I don't know if I really want to do that. But Isabel convinces her, you know, she says, you just have to stay here, play the music. Oh, she also asks, like, can we play the music all night? And 
Hillary's like, oh, yeah, we're on, like, the other end of this castle. Like, we ain't gonna hear shit. So mm-hmm. they know. They have a clear path. So Hillary's like, no, Hillary. Isabel's like, okay, I'm gonna rob them. You're gonna sit here with the music. It's gonna be quick. It's gonna be easy. Don't worry about it. And they're like, all right, amazing. Game plan, set, done. So we move back, and Gabriel is still, you know, showing Ralph and Judy around. He brings Judy to where her room is, and he's like, all right, this is where you're gonna be tonight. Have a good night. We'll see you in the morning. And Judy's like, okay, good night. And then she does, like, punch his voice. She's like, good night. Which, I mean, I'm sure you do that. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to call me out every second, Alice. <laughs> I mean, I might have to. Um, so they, they put her to bed. We see that her parents, quote-unquote parents, because they're really not parents. Um, right. They're in their bed. They're drinking this, like, fucking red wine that they have, but yet they're still complaining because nothing is nice enough for them. They're, like, in this gorgeous bed drinking wine relaxing without a child and they're like this music's loud Mm -hmm. it will nothing will ever be good enough so they're like she's complaining and he's like so desperate to appease her he's like you know what honey when this is over we're gonna we're gonna bring judy right back to her mom and then me and you we're gonna go off because we're really young and we're rich and she's like i'm rich okay you're not rich right um he's like no it's gonna be great we're gonna like go off together and we're gonna have a great vacation, and she's. But like, it's not even a vacation. He's like, we're gonna leave Judy with her mother, and I'm. She's like, we're done with her. Like, oh, yeah. I don't need a child in my life anymore because we're young. Like, I don't need to be held down by that. Yep. But then he does also want to go on a vacation because they're rich, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, you're just getting more insight into their characters. Um, so we move. They're back. very one-dimensional, awful people. Yeah, <laughs> like, they don't it. really ever get better. Um, so Isabel is now. You know, she's taking out her plan. She's sneaking around this big-ass house. And we hear, like, all these little giggling noises, which is so cute. And Mm -hmm. we get, yet again, our classic horror POV from really low down to the ground looking at her. So you're like, "Mm, who's down here? Um, But that's just, like, real quick. So we go back to Judy's room. And she is so cute. She's reading her Hansel and Gretel book out loud to Punch because she's just, like, a sweet, kind little angel. Um, Right. And she's like, hmm. I'm thirsty. Let's go get some drinks. And he's and Punch is like, okay. So they get out of bed, and she goes to find herself a little drink. Meanwhile, Isabel is still sneaking around, and um, she goes up into this little attic area, and she shuts the door, and, like, the POV ends because whoever was following her cannot get in. And so she goes upstairs, and she is, surprise, surprise, in a room full of dolls and toys everywhere, and... She just immediately starts, like, putting shit in her bag. Wait, is she, she's not in the attic yet. Yeah, she is. Because she gets dragged there. Mm. She ends up in the attic. Okay, well, she's in a room with a bunch of dolls. Um, yeah. I think it's the room that they heard earlier when the giggling was behind. There's so many doll rooms, I don't know. I know. I, every room in this house is full of dolls. It doesn't even matter. Okay, so she starts just, like, stealing things. Um, yeah. And, like, looking around and, like, picking up shit and, like, checking to see if it's an antique Um Antique an antiquay um and so she's just you know being bad and we hear this little music box kick on so catches her attention she looks and there's this music box on a banister and on either side of it are these like creepy little porcelain dolls that I can't, they're just creepy i don't love them um and she goes they're up, twins she, yeah they are twins which makes it better um <laughs> so she shuts the the music box and she's like all right whatever she goes back to stealing it opens again shocking so she goes back and she shuts it again um and the second time she shuts it we get this like 
really gross close-up of one of the dolls and it just like starts to like slowly grin and its teeth again look really like sharp and its eyes look wet and it just looks kind of alive it's like really not cute I don't love well its face like suddenly looks like not it's not made out of porcelain it's like made of like clay almost yeah yeah it starts to like move very creepily and you're like "Mm mm-hmm okay great um so stealing she's looking at like a hairbrush she's doing whatever the third time is the charm the music box kicks on again and this time the dolls are gone now, I feel like in most horror movies, the character would be stupid and not notice, but she does notice, and she's like, mm. She doesn't say I anything. mean, I was at the point where I was like, if she doesn't notice, that's, like, beyond ridiculous, because that yeah. mantle was, like, stacked yeah. with dolls, and there's so, not a single one. Yeah, they're anymore. gone. So she starts looking around with her flashlight. Well, did you notice, also, what the music box was? It was a skeleton, right? Oh, my God. I need it. It's, like, literally just a skeleton dancing with a lady, and I was yeah. like, that's my dream. It is a cute little music box. I do like. Um, so she just, like... Is looking around, the music box turns on a fucking again, and when she turns, this time she screams and she falls to the ground. And we don't really see what's happening at this point, but she's yeah. being dragged, and she's screaming, and she's just, like, getting thrown around, dragged around. And then we see from, like, head on, she has both of her arms stretched out and, like, to her side, and someone is clearly holding both sides of her hands and she's being just slammed head first into a banister she's like one two three boom one two three boom and so she's just getting like fucking railed it's not great i Uh, feel like saying she's getting railed has like the wrong connotation shut up whatever anyway (laughs) your skull is getting smashed in yeah she is um so i they get sick of doing that so then you know she gets kind of just tossed out of the room we get a close-up of her face she's bleeding everywhere she has like immediate bruises under her eyes i'm like good makeup um and she hears like this little jingling and of course you're like okay the dolls are here but no it's sweet little judy judy has come across her with punch as they're going to get their water and they're just kind of staring at her when judy is just (laughs) like just like so like kind of grossed out honestly is like she's like girl are you good yeah it's not like she's scared or she's concerned she's just kind of like Side, like that, that, um, like that video of the little blonde girl in the car where she like oh, gives yeah. like the side <laughs> eye. That's what I thought of. Um, and Isabel's like begging for help. She's like crying out. She like can barely talk. And Judy just stares at her. And then as she goes to reach out to try to give her some help, alas, her body gets dragged away. And I'm assuming that's when she gets dragged up to the attic. Yes. Okay. So. Now Judy has, like, a reaction. She's like, oh, my God, what just happened? So she runs off. She tries to find her dad. And she barges into their room and is trying to tell him what's going on. But, you know, her imagination, they don't believe her. Because she's like, I just saw her get dragged away. And an elf did it. And you have to help me. And they're like, bitch. An elf did it? Okay, you need to go away. This is Gabriel's fault. He's, like, putting these stories in your head. Like, fuck off. So... He literally, David literally raises his hand to her. Oh, yes, thank you. That's my next scene. point. Yes. I literally was like, rotten ha-. Like, the escalation is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, hitting your, your child. And it's not like, I mean, I'm not going to get into a conversation about if spanking is okay or not. Like, but, like, you should never be, like, raising a hand to a child to smack them across the face. To strike them down, which is exactly what he's doing. Like, I literally gasped. I was like, oh. <gasps> 
But yeah, what? so he, he, like, he tells her to, like, shut up, basically, and then he lifts his hand to smack her. And in the moment of, like, you think someone is, like, being a human, Rosemary, like, grabs his arm and tells him no, and you're like, oh, okay, like, he, like, you know, baseline human decency. Right. But no, she's like, listen, if you hit her, then you're going to be spending more of my money on this fucking child support, and that's not going to happen. It's bad enough that we have to deal with this all summer. And I like, have to deal with these stories, but you're not fucking hitting her and p- spending my money. And you're like, oh, that's what she cares about. So eventually Rosemary's just like, all right, you need to leave because your dad might not be able to hit you. But, sweetie, I can and I fucking will. I was like so fucking amped up watching this shit. I was like, I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> I am. Judy and Judy's so cute. She like doesn't cry. She just goes yes ma'am and leaves and i'm like oh you're so fucking polite and sweet and i'm just the best i love her i don't know if you ever had this sorry to interrupt you and go on a tangent really quickly but i feel like i don't know if it was just me and my fucked up mind but i would always have not fan- i fantasy is the wrong word but i'd always imagine my parents are both still married um to each other um but i always would imagine like okay if something ever happened where they got divorced and one of my parents remarried or whatever and then i had a stepfather or a stepmother and i would literally this is awful i would literally fantasize about how i would like emotionally destroy that step parent um, you're like dead silent um yeah i never did that <laughs> like the line goes dead (laughs) well I mean I think it's it's just about how you were raised I mean my parents are also still married but I wish that they had been divorced 15 years ago um I think I would have been very pleased to have had step parents so I think it was I think I I don't want to be like I feel like I presented that very dramatically I think it was definitely at times when I was like when my parents were fighting and definitely when you're younger when your parents fight it seems Mm -hmm. like a lot more substantial so I think there were moments growing up where like me and my siblings were like I don't know I guess they could get divorced yeah and then it was like okay well like what does happen if they get remarried and then because I'm someone that I was like well I don't want my parents to ever get divorced I don't want like a new different version of our family that there was this sense of like well if some outsider tries to come in and assert themselves as like part of our family or like Mm -hmm. my parent I will like fucking Kevin McAllister home alone them every day of the week it's very on brand for you it is I'm evil I'm an awful human being um moving on (laughs) anyway um sorry yeah i can't relate i'm sorry it's um, fine i just like really was hoping that you were just as sick and cruel as yeah, i am you just watch too much parent trap it's fine um <sighs> so we now see ralph who has clearly made it to his room by himself um he is in bed he's reading and he is you know i think now that he's by himself he's letting his guard down a little bit and he's talking to this clown doll that's next to his bed and he's just making these like stupid little jokes because he's kind of just an oaf i love him but he's just kind of like a dumb idiot um, oh yeah 100 percent. yeah so he's like making jokes and he's like oh, okay so he like goes to bed and you see this little close-up of something just grabbing his fucking big toe which is so good and it terrifies him so he sits up just screaming and we see that it's judy who delivers my favorite line of this movie because she is so amped up in this moment of like having just seen someone get fucking dragged off by dolls and then not believed by her parents and then almost assaulted so she's desperate for somebody to listen to her so she has like it's like she's had like five red bulls she like he like five red bulls no i said red bulls oh my god i I thought you said (laughs) 
would said, kill you know someone what? for me bread bowl. <laughs> I am so hungry. I would kill somebody for a bread bowl. Oh my but god. Me amped up for fried bread. I wouldn't even be amped up. It would literally be like I wouldn't be able to move. I'd be like crawling on my stomach into Ralph's oh. room. Hey Ralph, what's up? That's great. No, she's had like five red bulls. She's just like so on one right now. And he sees it's her and she just goes, I have to ask you something. Do you trust kids? And it's so just her delivery of do you trust kids? Is, it it's makes, so like she's so like uh, I need an answer right now. It kills me every time. I just love it so much. And he's like, yeah. She's like, you believe when they tell you things? And I'm like, you sweet fucking poor neglected child. She just has such good delivery. I just would do almost anything for her. So he's like, yeah. I I'll believe you if you have to tell me something. And so she tells him everything that she just told her parents. And she again blames it on the elves, in which right. case he does the adult thing when he's like, Ugh, yeah, okay, sure, like, go back to bed, we'll find them in the morning. And she tries to argue with him, and he's just, like, not really giving in, so he starts to go to sleep. As she walks away, luckily, he catch- something catches his eye, and he realizes that she has blood all over her cute-ass little slippers. And little puppy slippers. Yeah. And he's like, what's that? And she's like, oh, I don't know. It's probably blood. There was a lot of blood and they dragged her away. It's so funny because it's just so matter of fact. She's like, I mean, yeah, she was bleeding a lot. So, yeah. I mean, it's probably blood. <laughs> she's just, every line she has is either, like, really high energy or really chill. Really just matter of fact. Yeah. There's no in between. She's just either like, do you trust kids? Or, yeah, there's a lot of blood. Like, whatever. Like, what do you want from It's me? so yeah. good. <laughs> and so, immediately he's like okay, never mind, um, can you bring me to where this happened? And she's like, yeah, probably. So they're walk- <laughs> I think so. They're walking in the hall. They have this, like, whole fucking candelabra, like, lit up. Oh, have it's- you ever, I'm sorry to ask you another question, have you ever fantasized about walking through the dark halls of a dark house with a candelabra? Um, I would say I fantasized about it because it's very gothic and spooky and I love that shit, but I also don't want to personally be involved in it. I want to watch somebody else do it. Yeah, I feel like I like the idea of doing it, like, being in, like, a sheer nightgown, mm. like, gorgeous, walking through my dark, haunted halls, looking for my possibly dead husband, who I might have had a hand in destroying. Mm. Um, his ghost has come back to haunt me, perhaps. Who knows? But here I am in the middle of the night with my candelabra, but also, like, in reality, like, turn the lights off on me, and I'm, like, <gasps> shaking, yeah. and I, like, can't move, and I'm, like, no, I hate this! It's a good aesthetic in theory. It works really yes. well for, like, literature and film and TV, but I would be really spooked, probably. Very Crimson Peak. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was thinking of. So, they're walking around with this, and this is, again, one of my favorite Judy moments, which is, I was I brought it up a little bit earlier, where it kind of, like, this actress just is given directions, and she mm-hmm. kind of just does them mechanically without thinking about, like, just, pre- just pretend I'm doing this. So, You're right. So, they're walking around... And Ralph is holding the candelabra, and she's a little bit behind him. And as they're walking, without really any reason, she just drops Punch on the ground. She just lets him go, and then walks a couple more feet, stops, turns around, goes to pick him up, and then just walks the other way. It's so fucking funny. I cannot, like, I can't tell it funny enough, because it's so funny of her just, like, dropping her doll turning around, picking up, and then fucking taking off in the other direction without telling him anything. It's so fucking funny. Child actors have come such uh, a long way. She's and by so, such a long way, I mean not that uh, far at all. She just has no attention span. She's just like, drop my doll, picked it up, what's over here? I'm gonna go over here. Ugh, I love it. And because he's an oaf, he doesn't really notice. So she goes 
off in her weird little way. And he's now completed by himself. Um, so he's opening doors and looking in, trying to find, you know, this now bloody body. And realizes suddenly, fuck, where did Judy go? She's gone. So he starts mm-hmm. frantically looking around for her. He's running up and down the halls. And as he runs down one way, a door opens and slams him in the face. And out walks Judy, so fucking cute, going, oh, nothing in there. And just mm-hmm. keeps going. And then suddenly there's a big streak of blood on the floor, literally from the direction he came, because I went back and like a frame before there was no blood and then there was blood. Love it. Love the continuity. Love it. So there's like a big bloody streak and they're like, wow, it's probably that way. So <laughs> they follow the blood and finally stares to the attic. Um, when he opens the door, the wind blows out his candelabra and they're suddenly in the dark. It's very spooky, and he tries to go up by himself, try to be like the chivalrous knight, be like, you stay here, and I'll go, I'll find it. And she's just so cute, she doesn't get it, she's like, why, I've been in an attic before, it's fine. And he's like, fair enough, you know what, valid point. So they go upstairs, and they find a dusty pillory, which I had to look up the word because I didn't know, which is those like arm and head chain things from like medieval times. Isn't it like a stockade? Isn't that what it is? A stockade, yeah. I think it's the same thing. Um, So they find one of those, like, in this, like, dusty room. And I would just like to make note, because we're going to see other torture devices in this room at some point, and it's Mm -hmm. never brought up. They don't ever explain (laughs) it. They just, like, are like, oh. This is a torture Listen, device. Gabriel and Hillary like to get into some freaky shit in yeah. their free time, and that's their business and their business alone. Yeah. So as they're looking at this, like, old-ass stockade, you see behind them, in the shadows, that there is what looks like, initially, a very large doll sitting mm-hmm. in the shadows. And I loved that. I was like, ooh, look at that. I love something that is just kind of visible, and, like, if you notice it before you're supposed to notice it, it's, like, really fucking creepy. I love that. Yeah. So good. So you see that and you're like, okay, what is this? Luckily, it's still storming outside. So the lightning lights up the room and we see that is Isabel and she is now tied to a chair and she has this doll mask on and it's really fucking creepy. Um, Yeah, the eyes are like bulging out of her goddamn head. It's very like jarring, but they don't see her. So they go back downstairs. Um, Oh, no, they do. I'm sorry. Um, Do they? Fuck. Now I don't remember. I don't remember either. Oh my god. I, I don't think that they do. I think they find the blood and everything that's going on up there. Okay. And then, like, Ralph is like, okay, yeah. well, th- then from there. Like, yeah, he's yeah. like, well, something happened, so they'll believe me yeah. that something happened. So they go back to go back and tell everybody what they found. And Ralph just falls down the stairs because he's a fucking idiot. Um, and so no, she, no, no, there's something on the stairs. I know, but you don't know that. Oh, 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 I was like, you're just like, it? you're just like, Ralph, Ralph falls down the stairs, and Judy runs down, and he's like, what the hell happened? And she's like, oh, there are a bunch of dolls, and you just, like, fell right over them. And he's like, oh my god, like, I feel, I think I got bit by a rat or something. And she's like, oh whatever, and then they go off to go find her parents. Yes. So, here we go with round two of Let's Wake Everybody Up, because Miss Isabel is missing. So, they go wake up the remaining party, which is David and Rosemary, and then literally directly across the hall is Enid. Um, so Ralph is like, you know, frantic, and he's like, we found blood, and blah, blah, blah. So here becomes Ralph's tragic downfall. Yeah. Because immediately, because they're like, you know, we, none of us know you. Like, not even the hitchhikers, like, you randomly picked them up. Um, 
And you also, have, I guess, been walking around this dark house with this child. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, they're immediately Enid's like, oh my god, like, you killed Isabel because you have blood all over you and she's been missing for hours. And I'm like, that's probably why you picked us up. You wanted to get with us. And then, like, when you came on to her and she didn't want it, you, like, killed her. And he's like, what? Like, no, like, this is not what happened. He's like, you know, I got bit in the ankle. Like, that's what the blood is from. Then, of course, David and Rosemary are like, you're like a pervert and yada, yada, yada. Like, stay away from my daughter. And it's like, where was this energy earlier? Right. Like, why the hell does it take this grown man waking you up and being covered in blood? And even then, like, his energy is just like, ugh, you're a pervert. Like, I, you better not hang out with my daughter anymore. <laughs> like, you better be pressing this guy up to the wall. Like, what the hell mm-hmm. are you doing with my kid? Why are you, like, no. It's just like, ugh, sick, gross pervert. Stay away from her. It's like, hey, doing the bare minimum, you guys. Yeah. Um, but so, of course, Judy is not having it. She's like, oh, my God, stop this. Like, no, like, Ralph is my friend. I'm not going with you. Because, like, um, David and Rosemary are like, you're staying in our room for the night now. She's like, no. And she runs off because, well, like, Ralph is her friend. Can I also say one thing that I hated? Um, yeah. Because she de- she defends him and she tells, says it was the little people who did it. And they're like, shut up, Judy. Um, yes. And he and Ralph tries to defend himself by saying, like, I was in bed. Like, none of this happened. Like, I don't know anything that's going on. And Judy's like, yeah, he was. I can tell you. He was in bed. And David goes, I'll, oh, and she's, oh, hold on. He says, she says she's that Ralph is my friend and I want to be with him. And David goes, yeah, I'll bet he is. And I'm like, what Ugh. the fuck are you implying? Like, that's just, like, a creepy in a different way where, like, you're not now implying that he is a pedophile. You're implying that your daughter is, like, in love with him. He's one of those weird things where it's like, I don't, I wouldn't blame them normally for being, like, suspicious or, like, no, right. from our kid, we don't know you. But it's the one, like I already said, like, it's coming too little too late. Mm-hmm. And then, like, even at that point, like, you don't need to be making snide comments like, yeah, I bet, like, you two are in love. Or, like, I bet he'd like to, like, sleep with you. It's like, this is not yeah. the time to be, like, to be, like, catty. It's like, you need to be, like, defending your child and making sure your child is safe and secure. Yeah, like, it's so Like, no one's stepping up to the plate the way they need to be. I just, like, so of course, that made me hate David, like, even more. Because I was like, now are you blaming her for the assumed abuse you think is going on here? Like, I just right. can't fuck with it. So, of course, like, Judy runs off, and David runs after her, um, more out of annoyance than of, like, you know, I need to make sure she's okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, Ralph, I think, is also trying to be, like, trying to get Enid to come with him. He's like, okay, well, that's, you know, he tries to get, he goes over to Rosemary, Rosemary slams the door in his face, and Enid's the only one left out in the hallway, and he, she's like, I'm not going with you anywhere, like, you're crazy, you killed Isabel, blah, 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 she goes back into her room. So Ralph's by himself, and he's like, okay, I guess I'm on my own right now. So David is running after Judy. Judy is, is, like, far ahead of him. She's run off somewhere. He cannot find her. So then he finds her punch doll, though, Mr. Punch, on the floor. And he picks it well, up. No, he takes the punch doll from her when she runs off. But it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, I mean, anywho, Judy doesn't have Mr. Punch. David has it. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, at this point, he's, like, threatening her. He's, like, if you don't come out, like, I'm going to destroy your toy. Which, once again, we all know how I feel about this. Mm-hmm. Like, this and you know he'll can, do it. He'll, he can burn. And boy, does he burn. Um, because he's like, I'm going to, like, rip it apart. And he's like, I'm, I'm serious. And he's like, okay then. And, of course, he tries to tug apart the limbs. And Mr. Punch is not budging. Mr. Punch does lift. <laughs> he does go to the gym. David is no match. Um, 
So then he, like, at this point, it's, like, chief, like, you've already embarrassed yourself and no one's even here to see it. Like, there's, like, stop spending so much time to be, like, proving a point to Judy to, like, really hurt her even more by destroying her toy. And just, like, be like, okay, whatever, fuck it. And, like, go find her. Like, you're just wasting more time. Because then when that doesn't work, he tries to take a candle twice and burn this goddamn punch doll and then ends up spilling hot wax on his foot. Like, it's just like, Chief, you're doing too much. Like, what is the reason? Like, I get it. Like, sure, in your moment of anger, like, really trying to prove something to this child, you're going to destroy a toy. Like, go off, I guess. But, like, you tried it. It didn't work. Like, let's move on to the next plan. The next plan does not need to be what other means in this vicinity can I use to destroy this toy. Like, it's not that serious. Um, so, anywho, as Ralph is now off on his own looking for answers or whatever, he runs into Gabriel and he, like, very much in a Judy fashion is, like, telling Gabriel everything that happened and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And Gabriel's like, oh, yes. Because he doesn't tell him they found a body. He tells him they found, like, blood or whatever. And, like, Gabriel has this line, which is the first time we really see him being, like, kind of creepy and cryptic. Because he's like, you know, oh, yes, like, that's, like, don't tell Hillary. She'll be so upset. And, like, blah, blah, blah. And he's kind of being, like, sort of not, like, accepting of, like, the information he's getting. It's like, yup, that happened. But then also being like, well, you know, we'll take care of it in the morning. And Ralph was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, the paint I spilled. I spilled red paint. Like, I was using it to touch up some of the dolls, and I spilled it. Like, I'm going to clean it in the morning. And then Ralph was like, and he's like, so Gabriel's like, Teehee, what the fuck did you think I was talking about? So Ralph was like, oh my god, like, talking about how Isabel's missing, and Ralph's like, you know, no, not Ralph, um, Gabriel kind of explains it away, where he's like, oh, you know, well, like, you know, the house is big, and blah, blah, yada, 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 you know what, like, she's probably off somewhere, doing whatever, got lost. Come morning time, when it's time for breakfast, if she has not shown up, like, will find her like I know the house obviously it's my house like I'll find her like don't worry about it just go back to sleep like no problems so Ralph is kind of like just left there like um okay I guess um cut back to Enid in her room who is like torn up because she's like obviously already in a situation where she's in an unfamiliar setting she's by herself but now she's like seen Ralph covered in blood so she's convinced something really bad has happened to Isabel so she doesn't know what to do so, she also catches the dolls in the room, like, giving her a look. Oh, no, this is what happens. She's listening to the, the radio still, and then all of a sudden it's like, whoosh, and she turns, and the radio has been shoved off the mantle, and the dolls are giving her a look, like, we've had enough of the goddamn stereo. So, at this point, she, I think, lights her own candles or whatever the hell she, or no, she gets a flashlight, doesn't she? Is it candles or a flashlight? No, she has a candle. Candle. I mean, not that it matters. But, anyhow, she has a candle, and she, like, leaves the room because she's going to go try to find Isabel. She's not staying in this room with this creepy doll shit. So she's off. Now Ralph is in the kitchen by himself. He's cleaning his rat bite wound, supposedly rat bite. Um, yeah, it's like a deep wound, like right in his ankle. Very like Achilles heel, pet cemetery shit. We don't love it. Um, so here comes Judy. She walks in, um, and she finds Punch sitting in there with him, which like Ralph is like, um, he was not here before. Uh, what's going on? Um, and then there's a line that I thought was so funny because, like, he's cleaning the wound or whatever, and he's like, oh, you know, with my luck, they're rabid, meaning, like, the rats are rabid and he now has rabies. But then Judy responds. She goes, I like rabbits. And I was like, oh, this precious angel. 
Um, <clears throat> so essentially, Judy and Ralph continue their, their partnership, their friendship, um, because Judy's like, she wants to know what they should do about the quote, the longest night in the world, meaning this storm that's going to go on forever and ever, because earlier in the movie when they were talking about the storms at the very beginning, they were saying that like some nights when these, the storms happen, it feels like they're the longest nights in the world or whatever. Um, and then, you know, Ralph says something, oh, cause he's like, she's being very cryptic in the way she's asking it. She's like, I don't know what we should do. And he thinks he's, talk, she's talking about one thing about like Isabel or whatever. She's like, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the longest night in the world. And like, you know, Ralph is just so sweet and being very endearing. And he's like, Judy, like sweetheart, like, I wish I knew what you were talking about. Like, I don't know what you're asking. And then punch on his own this time. It's not Judy doing her like ventriloquist bit, making him talk. On his own, his mouth moves and everything. Can you do the voice? He says, I don't remember his voice. I have to look it up. I can do my own version of it. Okay. He's like, you know, Ralph, deep down inside, you know. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but so then, like, there's this, literally the scene kind of just ends like that because, like, Ralph is just, like, staring at the doll and Judy's also like, I didn't do that. <laughs> and it just, like, cuts and there's like, okay, that happened. Very accepting of that, just very easily. So then... We're back in the bedroom because David obviously left Rosemary by herself because he was out trying to burn a doll for some reason. She's in the room by herself still this entire time. She's had like a, this point she doesn't even have a, a scarf wrapped around her head. She just has like a towel wrapped around her head. And I was like, does this woman not have hair? I support it if she doesn't. But like, it almost seemed like purposeful at this point that I was like, okay, so we're just like never going to see this woman's hair. Um, but she's just like lounging. Um, and then the power goes out or at least it does in the, her room. And then instantly, after the power goes out, she's like, you know, what the fuck? Something is rustling in the sheets, which is truly some nightmare fuel. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, you never want to see something rustling in your sheets. It reminds me of that Goosebumps movie where the, I think it's Don't Look Under the Bed, and they have, like, all the worms in the bed. And it's, like, all the No, it's not Don't Look Under the Bed. The worms no, that's all worms. I meant. It's um, Don't Go in the Basement. Oh, oh, oh Don't Go in the Basement oh. is so good. There's nothing with beds in that one. You're thinking of the worm one, but Don't Go in the Basement is so good. It's all the same one? I don't know. They're all... Don't Go in the Basement is where, like, their father is, like, Loki, like, an evil scientist, and he, like... He's a plant man. He's made of plants. But essentially, he's been, like, yeah, replaced by an evil plant. (laughs) And it ends where, like, she's out in the garden, and there's, like, a dandelion, and it's, like, whispering. It's like, hey, I'm your real dad. (laughs) I was like, wow, the layers of genius. I could have sworn that's the one that had the worms in the bed, but I owned, like, three of them on VHS and watched them religiously. It's, like, called Go Eat Worms, I believe. I think there's also a scene in this one where it happens. With something in the bed? Where there's, like, the bed is just filled with worms. I'm pretty sure it's Go Eat Worms. I've never seen Go Eat Worms. I'm just telling you. Okay, well. Someone tell we'll us. Am I right? We'll disagree currently on this, this Goosebumps debate. If anybody knows, email us at thegirlfriendbehorror.com <laughs> because we're probably too lazy to do the research. Um, so, anywho, something's rustling in the sheets. Truly nightmare fuel because, like, it's, like, it's either some demon spirits. My worst case scenario is, like, it's bugs. Oh, God. I would... Oh, God, like, literally at that point, I would just chop my legs off and die. Like, I don't want to live, I don't want to live through it. Um, but it's not either of those things, because she rips back the sheets, and who's crawling up the bed, baby, but a bunch of little dolls. This is the first scene that we fully get to see the doll attack, which I'm so glad it was Rosemary, because as I was saying, the second she tossed Teddy into the woods, I said, I hope this bitch gets it bad. Not only bad, I hope she gets it the worst, and debatably, she does. Um, so immediately they pounce on her, and they're all different dolls, and I love the way that this looks, because it looks 
low-key crappy, but I it, like, is endearingly crappy because it's, like, all done practically. It's, like, all – they're, like they – they go from being, like, these porcelain dolls, like, where some – other like, the shots are, like, up close and they're, like, just, like, puppet-esque. And then other shots, while they're, like, actively crawling on her or, like, moving, mm-hmm. they're, like, done with, like, stop-motion animation. It's, like, oh, very, like, very 1987. Yeah, I, I love it. Love it. Um, but they're doing everything to her. They all have, like, also, like, their own little mini weapons. So, like, they're stabbing her. They're biting her. Some of them have, like, full-on, like, vampire fangs. Um, then, like, so she's this whole time, she's, like, falling all over the floors. They're, like, crawling on her. She's trying to throw them off. They're just doing everything. You know, like, stabbing her with little axes and knives in the back. She gets, like, a decent-sized knife, like, in her back from one doll that, like, gets her from the mantle. And then she, like, falls out of the room and at this point, then she, like, tries to get to her feet again, and there's, like, two little dolls with, like, a saw that mm-hmm. are, like, now trying to saw her feet off while she's well, yeah. standing. One of the dolls, like, earlier is, like, also trying to saw her arm off, and I'm like, I love that they're just trying to get rid of her limbs right now. Yeah, like, and it's just, like... multiple of them. It's, it's so good, because, it, once again, something I brought up is just, like, something that people bring up all the time related to another doll horror is, obviously, Child's Play with Chucky, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's always arguments where it's, like, okay, like... We can go back and forth, and I'm sure we'll cover Child's Play at some point on this podcast in some format. We're not going to do it right now, obviously, because mm-hmm. um, it's going to take too long. But the whole argument a lot of times with people is just, like, Chucky is one doll with mm-hmm. supposedly the strength of a doll because he's in a right. doll's body. So, like, I would just throw him off of I him. would simply put him out the window and drop him. Yeah, like, I would simply smother him. I would simply whatever. I would simply <laughs> dismember him. Like, yeah. all this shit where it's like, y'all, it could have been avoided. I mean, I have my own theories and shit on that. As I said, we're not going to get into it now. But I think that even though this came out a year before Child's Play, this almost feels like, in a strange way, like, the argument against, like, okay, well, yes, maybe one doll on its own that was evil and possessed might not be that much of a threat. But when you have, like, literally a house of hundreds of dolls, and there aren't even hundreds in this scene. There's maybe, like, I don't know, like, 20, 30 which is still a lot, but they're, and they're, they're small dolls. Like, they're, like, a third of the size of Chucky. Like, all attacking you at once, you can't do it. It's like if you get swarmed by anything. Yeah, I mean, You're what, just gonna get overtaken by it. Yeah, one bumblebee is not great. It's 40 bumblebees, you're dead. Bumblebees, we know how I feel about them. I don't like them. Um, anywho, guys, should I be a club singer? No, what? Oh my god. <laughs> and I'll just like sing about bumblebees. Just come to my like swanky club. <sighs> bumblebees. We're recording this on a Monday, which is immediately cutting my ability to handle Anya 40% down. <laughs> Alex is like fucking hu- <sighs> finger hovering over that hang up button. <laughs> End call. Um, anywho. So, essentially, this attack keeps going on. Keeps attacking her. Keeps trying to do all this stuff to her. She ends up, like, as she falls out of her bedroom, she tries to go into another room and opens it up, and it's just, like, a a bigger room filled completely with dolls, and they're all, like, standing there waiting to get her. Mm -hmm. So then she stumbles back out into the hall and finds that on either side of the hall, either end, she's being blocked off by dolls, so there's no escape. Or, I guess, in that moment, she doesn't know what to do. And this decision that she made... The choice. I'm still going back and forth where I'm like, was she just like, you know what, fuck it, I'm not going to survive and I'd rather go out on my own terms? Or did she think it was going to end differently? Because essentially what she does is she, first of all, picks the direction of the hallway where there's a, a, a window at the end. Right. 
Like, she could have gone either way, unless I'm remembering it differently and there was a window directly evenly spaced on both sides. But she picks the, the end of the hallway where there's, like, a window right there. And she's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, like, leap over these dolls. Mind you, she's not leaping to anything. It's not like there's, like, a staircase down there she's trying to get to. Nope. Or, or nothing. She's, it's just, like, so it would seem that she's attempting to jump out the window. Like, she's making that active choice. So she, like, as I said, fully jumps through the glass window. Mm-hmm. Body tumbles down to the earth. We don't see her splat, but you know that she does, and she's dead. So, like, my question was, like, I guess, like, was that her intention? Like, was she just, like, you know what? Like, I don't want to be torn apart by dolls for the next 20 minutes and, like, meet a horrible, tragic demise. So I'm just going to jump from the window and, like, die on impact, which I guess, maybe, if you know you're going to die. I think she was just stupid and she was just, like, I'm going to escape out this window. But instead, she should have just leaped over the other set of dolls and then run away. Like That's the thing. It's, like... You could have gone the other way and, like, gone down a staircase or something. Or, like, I don't know. I guess, like, even if, like, the intention was, like, yeah, I'm going to escape out the window, they never really give you a shot to be, like, mm-hmm. oh, I, like, this is, like, yeah, she was trying to jump over them, but, like, here's her, like, misstepping and, right. in, like, slipping and, like, falling out the window. It's just, like, it literally is just, like, her leaping straight out the window. Well. Like, through the glass. I think it's really just because this movie is 100, I mean, one hour and 18 minutes. So it, I think it was just purely, you know, a way to keep it short. They were just like, yeah. oh, she doesn't need to have a big, like, thing. She just kill her. Just have her jump out the window. We don't like her anyway. Right, right, right. I can't get too into this crazy woman's thoughts because I don't think that it's We hate her. She's dead. Like, what else do you want? Bye. Um, so then we cut back to Enid, who at this point has obviously been searching through the house with her candle for Isabel. And around a dark corner, she, like, hears this, like, first you see this baby carriage appear. So she, like, hides behind a wall. She's like, oh, I don't know what this is. I'm not going to deal with this. And it's Hillary, old lady. She hears, she makes her appearance again, pushing the baby carriage. And she's, do you remember what song she was singing? She's singing, like, a lullaby or, like, a nursery rhyme or something. I mean, she's humming, and then she sings a little bit. I don't know what the song was, but it was probably just, It's like, row, row, row your boat or some shit. It doesn't matter. But she's singing to whatever is in this carriage, and, like, Enid is freaked out of her damn mind. She's, like, like trying to hold her breath behind the wall. She's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Because, like, Hillary's cutting, taking a close turn. Like, she's she's right on top of her almost. And as she turns Hillary down this other hallway where she's going to be, you know, out of sight, out of mind, Enid, like, glances and sees that, like, obviously there's not a real baby in the stroller. It's just a baby doll that, like, Hillary is up at, like, three, the witching hour, mm-hmm. pushing through the house and singing to. And I was like, oh, love a glimpse at my future, yeah. don't I? <laughs> <laughs> I love it! Um, so at this point, she's like, you know, she finds the attic. She runs upstairs. And she almost instantly sees Isabel. But it's one of those things, again, where it's like, Isabel is, like, in shadow. Like, she's sitting on the floor, and you can see, like, her leg. Like, we can kind of make out as the viewer enough. Like, you can see the doll mask again a little bit, but, like, Enid clearly cannot see Isabel's face at all. Well, I'd like to also just mention that this is the other moment where, before she sees Isabel, this is when she also stumbles upon the torture devices, because we see what looks like the fucking shoe from Matilda, where it's just, like, a a place where with spikes in it that if they shut it, you would be, like, spiked to death. And then there's mm-hmm. also just a full electric chair. <laughs> like, so casual. They're kinky! They love it. So she, like, sees these things, and she's like, what the fuck? And then she sees her friend. Which, like, if you see things in that order, that's not gonna be good for you. That's scary. Yeah. I, think gonna, I don't think you're gonna have a fun time. I don't think you're gonna find anything that's gonna make you quite happy. 
Um, but yeah, so then Isabel is kind of telling her, like, at, from Shadow, because she's like, oh my god, Isabel, like, I found you, like, we have to get out of here, blah, blah, and, like, Isabel's like, no, like, go back, like, don't come over here, like, don't come up here, like, trying to warn her friend mm-hmm. still. Um, and Enid obviously is not listening, she's, like, gonna help her friend, blah, blah, and she's getting closer and closer, and then we get another wonderful, bang, lightning flash, and that's when we see... Fully, like, head-on for real this time. And also, Enid is seeing it. So she's the first character in the story that's seeing it. <clears throat> oh, two burps, one episode. God damn. Anywho. Um, she sees Isabel's lovely new doll face with those bulging eyes. But at this point, it, it looks less so like a mask. Because the first time we see it, it, like, it looks fully like the doll's just, like, put a mask on her mm-hmm. or something. This time it's like, oh, no, it's clearly, like... It's supposed to be Isabel's new head. Like, she has become, like, this living, giant doll. Um, which is, I wrote, is very tourist trap. Oh, you know, I love me some tourist trap. We have called back multiple episodes. Yeah, which is yeah. us just telling you guys, go listen to our other episodes if you haven't listened to them yet. They're all juicy. They're all fun. Um, <laughs> promote, promote, promote. But so... At, in this scene, when she sees her doll face, her eyes, her big old googly eyes pop out of her head, and she replicates the movie poster because she holds her eyes out in her hands on either side of her head with her, like, empty black eye sockets. So, of course, Enid is, like, freaked out, and before she can even fully react, here comes one of my favorite characters, <laughs> which so is cute. Cowboy Doll! Harry, folks. Um, so there's a cowboy doll up there truly just like a cowboy there's no other way to put it and he has his lasso and he like lassos up enid but she gives him no time at all because she sets him on fire yeah i would simply set him on fire i mean that's that's the end of it um so he goes up in flames instantly and she gives us then this whole sequence in which she starts fighting back against these dolls because from the darkness here comes all these other dolls which i'm gonna bring up the fact that i didn't reveal earlier uh in a moment so they start attacking her, and she's, like, stomping on their skulls. And when they their porcelain faces break open, some of them have, like, withered gray corpses and skeletons inside them. They and almost it was look like, like shrunken heads. It was, like, a very disturbing image. Mm-hmm. Because it, like, makes you think, like, just like if you had any toy, like, ew, like, what if there was, like, some kind of, like, living thing in it? Mm-hmm. Like, beyond the fact that, like, I'm not even talking about, like, oh, because it's up and moving, but, like, the fact that you get to see, like, oh, we crushed the porcelain exterior. Here's, like, it literally looks like the old lady from Spongebob who's, like, chocolate. Yeah. That's yeah. literally what it looked like. Like, all of these withered gray corpses. That's exactly um, correct. So, she's, like, stomping on some, and there's corpses. She's, she's, she's setting some on fire. Uh, then she takes off her iconic Madonna boy toy belt. Um... And she starts, like, whipping some of these dolls. And, like, they're just, like, exploding. And, like, they're, like, bubbling and oozing. Yeah, they are. Which was, like, very Gremlins-esque, I wrote, as well. Um, Like, when the Gremlins, like, Mm -hmm. get in water or whatever, like, and their, like, backs are, like, bubbling and oozing. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what it was like. So the thing thing I was going to bring up earlier... The fun fact is just, like, as I said, like, so this is when I was, like, at this point I was just, like, I don't know, like, I guess they're all dying. Like, in my head, for some reason, I was, like, oh, I guess they all have the corpses inside of them. But I guess that's not the case. Some of them, I guess the ones that um, are set on fire mm-hmm. 
are just like set on fire. Like I guess that's all it is. And those are ones I guess that are controlled by witchcraft. It said. Okay. Like the soldiers that said were, were controlled by witchcraft. Mister Punch is is witchcraft. Um, the ones that have the corpses inside them. Those, not really like tourist trap, but in its own way like tourist trap, are people that were once people that were transformed into dolls, which we will get to later. But that's why they have withered corpses inside of them. I do love a movie where I have to do research to understand what's going on. You love it. I mean, you can you can have fun without it. This is something I came across. Yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't realize that. I guess that's fun. Um, and then the other thing is that I guess some of these dolls are fairies. <laughs> okay. Because that would, one, I guess, explain, like, why some of them have, like, fangs and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because they talked about how, like, her belt is silver, which is why when she whips some of them with it, Fairies, obviously, like, silver is, like, fatal to them or whatever the lore is. So when they get touched by it, that's why they, like, bubble and ooze. Bitch, that is so convoluted for them to just have you assume. I know. They're like, and you guys got that they were you, fairies, right? You understood all of that, yeah? I know. I was like, one of those things is like, I mean, I just thought it was, like, a cool, fun, different right. effect you guys were trying out. Like, I didn't realize I was supposed to, like, gather that there were different reasons the dolls were alive. I didn't need all that. But you know what? You guys, you do what you want to do. Um, but to this point, Enid is looking like she might be a survivor. She's made it out of the attic alive. She's down at the end of the stairs. But then, alas for Enid, here are a line of toy soldiers waiting for her. So at this point, she like, um, what does she even, I feel like, oh, she like, she she has her belt at the ready and she's Mm -hmm. like threatening them. She's like throwing it around. She's like whipping it like a lasso. The boys in red are not concerned. They said, hello, little lady. We came to play you a tune. So then with their stupid little nubby doll hands, they start, like, hitting their little their little soldier drums and, like, playing their little soldier trumpets or whatever the fuck there are, bugles. Um, and then immediately they raise their little soldier guns. This is very tourist trap again. Um, and shoot her all at once through the chest and because, of course, they're controlled by magic, those bullets are real. And they, like, shoot right through her chest, like, bloody, bloody bullet holes, like, four or five. And then they proceed to, like, shoot her, like, two more times. And it's all in slow motion. So she gets a nice slow-mo shot by toy soldiers multiple times death. Um, and she goes down. And that's how uh, Miss Madonna Enid meets her demise, Miss Young Olivia Coleman. Um, this point... So at this point, we've lost Isabel, we've lost Enid, we've lost lost all the women for the most part. I know, tragic. So Mm -hmm. all that's left are obviously the owners of the home, Gabriel and Hillary, Little Miss Judy, Mr. Ralph, and David, which he, in this scene, he just returns to his room. I guess the dolls went and retrieved Rosemary's body. I know, I was going to bring that up later. Oh, I love it. Brought it back inside, because there is, her body is under the bed, and you know it's her and not the dolls, because... As she, first of all, it's a huge, like, full-on body under the sheets. You can make that out that form. And, you know, David comes in and is like, oh, blah, blah, like, so clueless, like, talking to her. And he gets in bed and he clearly wants to fool around, but, like, she's dead. (laughs) And he doesn't bother to pull back the covers. 
So he's like, you know, he's like thinking it's because he like smells or whatever. So he's like, I'm going to go like uh, get a shower before bed. And like, so it's a very quick scene. But like what is also happening at the scene because there's white bed sheets is of course the side of Rosemary's body that's faced away from David, which you assume is like her face. Through the bed sheets, we start to see like the trickle of blood. Which it's so, once again, it's like not only the probability that like, okay, all these dolls like went through the fucking effort of like going to clean up the body. I guess maybe you could say to like hide the evidence of what happened for, for now. But then like the fact that like she only just now started bleeding. Mm -hmm. Like she would be bloody. Like those sheets would have been wrecked with her body under it. It's just like, oh, it's perfectly time that she'll start bleeding mm, right now. Whatever. Um, So the movie's for you, Anya. I know. I should stop trying to think logically. But essentially then David just heads off to take a shower because he thinks that's what the issue here is. Of course, because everything's about him. Yeah. Men. Um, so now Ralph and Judy, um, after having just witnessed Punch speaking on his own, right. decide that they're going to go find the little people. So they arrive at a door that Judy says, this is it. This is where the little people are. And he's like, oh, fucking great. And he tries to open the door, but it is locked. And he has this like moment of relief like oh thank god i don't have to go in there but no the door just swings open on its own which is not terrifying at all right so they go in and look around and it's completely dark in there so they're looking for a light but even though it's dark we can still see that there are like hundreds of dolls in there everywhere oh yeah so many dolls so they're walking around and the door slams behind them which scares the shit out of ralph because even though he's a big dude he's a big scaredy cat yeah. And everything scares him. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, it's probably just the wind. And then in this, like, really great moment <laughs> of unison, all of the dolls just go, just the wind. And it's, like, very haunting. But he's just, like, pretends it doesn't happen. And he keeps walking. He's so funny because he just, like, he's just like, yup. Yup, mm-hmm, yup, it's just the wind. So he's walking and he hits his head um, on the hanging light switch. He finally finds it. He, like again because he's an oaf he just keeps hitting everything so he's like oh my head whoa this is the light so he turns it on and thank god this is his reaction because if i were in the situation and i turned a light on and saw hundreds of dolls around me i'd be like oh my god no but he's unaware still somehow that the dolls are involved so he's just in awe of them all he's like oh my goodness look at all these dolls he's admiring them he's like looking at how beautiful they are he's like complimenting them and Judy's like, yeah, my little people. And he's like, oh, you're talking about the dolls. These are your little people. And she's like, yeah, duh. And he starts to hear whispering. And when he turns, he sees that all the dolls in front of the door have now stood up and are just looking at him. And he looks back at Judy and there's dolls all around her. And they're all just surrounding him now, just staring at him. Once again, very tourist trap yeah, with like so, the mannequins. Yeah, and so he's like, come to the realization that these dolls are not fucking alive and he's horrified and all the dolls just like turn on him at once and look at him and he's like oh my god they're alive and judy is so sweet she's like yeah they come to life at night we've already talked about this like you know this right and he's like no 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 so he makes the wrong choice and he's like i'm getting the fuck out of here and he starts kicking these he dolls. He kills me because he goes, he like grabs Judy and he's like, let's go! Yeah. <laughs> it's very Chris Farley. Um, oh, you know I love Chris Farley! I, I know, I'm so sorry. I almost didn't say it because I knew you'd scream like that. Um, oh, I love Chris Farley. Yeah, so he, he wants to leave, so he just starts hurting the dolls. He starts kicking them, he like smashes one into the ground, and oh she, God, Judy, 
Judy is panicked because she knows that's not good. She tells him to stop. She said, you're making them angry. And we get these, like, really great, again, like, stop motion close-ups of all the dolls' faces just, like, scrunching up into like, these really pissed-off looks. Like, uh-huh. we thought we could trust this fucking guy. Um, and so, again, because they're all pissed, they start attacking him. And he's calling out for help. Judy is, like, desperately begging them to stop, leave him alone. She says, why are you doing this to my friend? You're bad dollies. Uh, It's so cute. She's just, like, fully on his team, rallying for him, trying to save him. And the dolls, like, luckily, they they do stop. They respect Judy. And they stop hurting him. And (laughs) then there's this, like, moment of the doll council where these like four dolls which sta- also cowboy doll is like there again like yeah. unarmed and I and love the, that and there's this one doll that like I forget exactly what it looks like but it's pissed off it's like this old like woman and she's like so mad and the four I thought it was like a little sailor boy he was, was the one with the little nasty snarl maybe yeah. I don't know they all look like women and men at the same time Every- little androgynous dolls they are um so they're just in a circle just like whispering, discussing what to do with the human man. I was living. <laughs> it's so cute. Uh, and so he's like, what's going on? She's like, oh, they're trying to decide what to do with you. Uh, and so they just, they discuss amongst themselves. And we, as they're in their meeting, we cut back because who knows how long that meeting's going to take. And we are back at David's room. And he is now emerging from the bathroom, clean, sh- like clean, not smelly. He's in this like fucking ugly ass silk pajama set, um, and the blood stain on the sheet is now like very large. Like a lot of blood has come out of her body. Um, so he gets back into bed. He's obviously trying to have sex with her, and he says, right. "My least favorite thing I think I've ever heard in my life," which is he gets like up behind. Oh, her, I know what, what you assume yeah. is her ear, and he like kind of whispers in this like baby voice. He's like, "I have the quote, so please excuse me." He says. Oh, God. Will mommy kiss daddy and make it all better? Please, oh. mommy, don't punish daddy. Oh, I hate it. I'm like, my skin is crawling. <laughs> Give him a big, wet one. And then he goes, <gasps> and it's, it's really, especially knowing this man, it's, like, pretty heinous. Um, He's, like, the worst already. Oh. He's not attractive. So yeah. just in general, like, I don't want to hear him dirty talk at all. I hated, please, when mommy, he said don't mommy, punish daddy. I said, oh, no. No, 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 no. You know that I love when, like, a nice, nice, handsome, bulky man says, like, yes, ma'am to me. Like, I'll go on record. I do love that. Don't fucking call me mommy. No, especially for people whose whole personality is not wanting to have a child. Like, it's weird. So he, I guess he thinks this is, like, sexy. And he goes to give her a kiss and pulls back the sheet. And we get one of my favorite reveals, which is that... Her head has not only been completely, like, smashed in, but she has a full eyeball hanging out of her socket. Mm-hmm. Very gruesome, very good. He, you know, understandably starts to scream, but he also kind of, like, grabs her body. It's just, like, this... Yeah, he's like, I, I can't get her off of me! Yeah, so it's just, like, this awful, like, wrestling match of him trying to get off the bed, but her body is, like, on top of him because he's holding it on top of him. It's so stupid. Um, yeah. But eventually he gets off the bed, and she, like, her body, like, falls to the floor. And, of course, he goes, Ralph! I'm gonna kill him! Because, of course, Ralph has murdered her in his mind. Um, so he's now out for vengeance. He's gonna find Ralph... He's going to murder him. He smashes a chair, 
a piece of wood breaks off and he grabs it and he's like ready to go. <sighs> Poor Ralph. Everyone's just out to get him right now. Um, so we're back at the, you know, the meeting and Judy explains to Ralph because she understands everything that's happening that they're trying to decide if Ralph is an adult or if he's a child, but he's in disguise, which is really sweet and cute. Um, Mm -hmm. so eventually the dolls stop and they look at them having come to a decision and the door swings open. Thank goodness they have decided to let them be free. So they all, they don't fucking take a beat. They're just like, amazing. Thank you. So they get up, they walk out. Thanks, cowboy. They get out. And of course, David emerges. He's screaming at Ralph to get away from Judy. He accuses him of murdering Rosemary. He's like, just like livid. And Ralph is like, no, no, no. It was the little people. Which at this point, you should know, no one's going to fucking believe that. Like, it's the truth, but they're not going to believe it. So we get this fight now where David is coming after Ralph. To defend himself, Ralph picks up a doll to use as a weapon. But she fucking like squeals in like pain and fear and he realizes like oh god damn it this doll's alive so he just like holds her i thought it was so funny because it was just like one of those moments where like it's almost like remember what you just learned ralph yeah because i don't even think i i, I thought she said like something like it was a baby doll and it was like mama or some shit I like did. that and he was like oh shit uh and he was just like cradling it then it's so cute um so he holds her and then he punches david um and they like start fighting and judy's so cute she says that Ralph is probably a prince in disguise, and he's nicer than you'll ever be, Dad. Ugh. A prince Get in him. disguise. So cute. Get her, Jane. So fucking cute. So, uh, David does not give a shit because he doesn't love his child. <laughs> so, he's just still trying to fight Ralph, not listening to anybody's reason or anybody's explanations. Ralph keeps trying to convince him, like, no, dude, it's the dolls. Um, like, and David's like, well, then why did they kill you? And Ralph has this moment of being like, I don't know, I'm young at heart. <laughs> and uh, sweet, sweet Ralph. So he gets hit and he goes down. And David fucking like throws Judy as well, like pushes her out of the way, like knocks her and out. He like shoves her yeah. to the ground. So now both Ralph and Judy are like on the ground, like knocked out. He's about to hit Ralph again as he's down. And lo and behold, he gets stabbed in the hand. And we see that Punch, good old Punch, is on the ground. He's laughing. He's having a good time. And David now takes up a fight with this doll. <sighs> so as this fight is going on, dolls start to pick up Ralph's body and Judy's body and drag them somewhere safe, which is delightful. So oh, I loved it. They're, they're fine. They're out of harm's way. They're fighting. Punch and David. Punch throws, like, a knife at him. He stabs David in the shoulder. David has, like, a fucking massive sledgehammer out of nowhere and he's just, like, breaking shelves of dolls. He's, like, hitting everything he can. And then he turns and Punch is standing on a table. And he's holding a power drill. And it's on. But David's a human being. So he just unplugs it. He just simply unplugs it. And yeah. he uses the cord to whip Punch off the table. He then takes the sledgehammer. And he smashes the doll's face, yelling, Fuck you, clowny. God. So he has killed his his nemesis punch right great good job fucking proud of you and in that moment gabriel and hillary they come downstairs and they're like what's going on they scold him for his language and his temper tis 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 they're like what are you doing down here and david's like i'm gonna kill you you're a fucking witch and they're literally just like 
ah, he figured it out finally. So yeah, they're like, yeah, you're right. We are witches. Like, what are you gonna do about it? And David's like, I need to know where Judy is. I'm putting her in a goddamn juvenile facility for helping that murderer. And like, even at this point when he has now seen and fought doll, a, a doll, right? he's still so convinced that like, it was Ralph and Judy. So I'm like, oh God, get out of my face. Um, I can't. It's so annoying. So Gabriel is not bothered. He's like, it's fine. I'll fix all these toys. Don't worry about it. And David's like, oh yeah, how are you going to fix this? And shows him like that he smashed Punch's face. And as Gabriel starts to tell this, like, little story, we hear, like, groaning coming from David. We hear these creaking and crunching noises. And you can gather that David is transforming into some kind of doll. Now, mm-hmm. d- did you make note of what Gabriel is talking about? Because I did not. I think he's just explaining that, like... It's he- kind of more the stuff I... Honestly, I, there was a part of me that was like, I want to write everything he's saying because I was, like, living for it. I did write one line, which is at the very beginning of this transformation. He says, being a parent is a privilege, David, mm. not a right. And I was like, oh, God, yes. once again! Say it louder for the people in the back! Like, mm-hmm. the amount of people that just, like, have children... I'll say it. That have children that should not be having children. Yeah. Like, they're the most brain-dead fuckers on the face of the earth and they're the ones that are like breeding the most and it's like why like there should be screenings for you to be able to have kids Uh like i said what i said like we don't need people raising more awful people to be in the world like we have enough of them but like especially when situations like this like obviously david like is in no way fit to be a father and this idea that, like, well, Judy's mine, and blah, blah, it's like, no, you've lost the right, right. to be a dad. You don't just get to do that. Um, yeah, mainly his whole spiel in this moment is kind of just saying stuff. Oh, I know what it is. Um, so he, like, says that, like, essentially all the dolls that they have in the house, at least the ones that are the living dolls that were once people, um, are adults who, like, could not be saved from their own bitterness. So, essentially, he says, like, their whole spiel in this mansion is that when the people show up here or whatever, they give them a test or a chance to prove themselves. Like, that because when you get older, mm-hmm. you know, your heart gets bitter and stuff like that. You become more cynical and shit like that. But, like, it gives you a chance to prove yourself being in whatever these situations they put them against. To be like, can you be saved? Is there still a child within you? Mm-hmm. Like, someone like Ralph. Um... Where we're like, you know what, you still have a child heart, like, so the toys respect you and you can live. Or are you someone that's kind of, like, been poisoned by being an adult or whatever and thus cannot be saved and thus the only redemption for you is to birth you again as a doll? Right. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, So he says all that um, as he, David transforms and we get this, like, really cool practical transformation of him like slowly turning into what we now realize is the punch doll and Mm -hmm. my favorite shot is this like it's like as he's almost fully transitioned where he his face is now the shape of the punch doll with like the really long elongated nose and the big cheeks everything's just like very jagged and he has his eyeballs are just like pure white and it Mm -hmm. looks so good it's so scary um and then he, you know, he shrinks down into a normal-sized punch doll, and now he is just Mr. Punch. And Gabriel and Hillary, they have a good old laugh about his modern getup, a.k.a. his silk pajamas. Um, yes. And you're just like, oh, look at this, this is so cute. So David is now, in my opinion, has a worse fate than death, because now he is just stuck as a doll forever. And it's not even, like, because everyone else that gets turned into a doll, like... 
at least looks like themselves. Right. Like, he looks like this, like, crooked nose jester Mr. Punch doll. Mm-hmm. And he, like, clearly hates fun, so he's not going to enjoy being a Yeah, doll. yeah, yeah. So, that is the end of the night. The next morning, Judy and Ralph wake up. They've been sleeping on the couch, and Ralph immediately starts to ask about the dolls, and when he, like, fully, fully wakes up, he yells, killer dolls like again very yeah. dramatically um and hillary and gabriel just try to play it off They're like oh no like i think you have a concussion like after dinner like you two went outside we thought you were trying to get ralph's car out of the mud and then you know we found you knocked out cold in the doll workshop you must have been sleeping there all night like they just come up with like a backstory basically like it's the most like yeah. loosely strung together story but at this point judy i mean judy's a child yeah um and she's just like willing to believe anything and like ralph though i feel like has been through it so much he's just like sure yep, yeah okay fine he just, whatever he grabs anything that they'll give him he's like please yes so judy's like okay well where's my dad and this is my favorite it's gabriel so moment gabriel just sits down and he takes out this paper from his pocket and goes oh well she left he left you a note let me read it to you it says i'm a bad father i'm (laughs) i'm moving across the country with rosemary we're gonna change our names you're gonna go back home with your mother and you're gonna have a wonderful life without me and i'm like right honestly yeah she will she's gonna have a great life Um, he's like i left you money yeah don't worry about it yeah it's like don't try to contact me i'll never see you again i was a shitty guy um and she's like okay (laughs) and ralph is like okay but like what about the hitchhikers and gabriel pulls it out again and goes (laughs) oh yes yes p.s i'm taking the two girls with me and shuts the note and then when ralph tries to like get the letter to read it gabriel just throws it in the fire he's like let me see that he's like in the fire oh yeah no that's what it said so and He's like, okay, um, so Ralph, like, let's get you ready. You're going to take Judy to the airport. David also left you money so you can both get on the plane. And Ralph's like, that guy sucked. I highly doubt he left me fucking money. Like, he did not like me. And right. like, no, no, he left you money. Don't worry about it. Don't ask questions. It's fine. Um, so they're, they all get up. They start to leave. Um, and, you know, our delightful old couple offer them the opportunity in like a, in what I think is a very creepy way to stay and play with their toys for as long as they'd like. Right. And Judy and like clearly Ralph is like desperate to get out of here. He's scared. He's like so creeped out. And Judy is just like is such a real one. She comes through. She's like, nah, that's okay. My mom will probably get pretty worried if I don't come back soon. And Ralph's like, yeah, 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 yeah. What she said. So she asks if she can say goodbye to Mr. Punch because he has been her friend. And uh, Gabriel pulls out the now punch doll that is her father and she gives him a hug and says i'll see you next summer and the doll in david's voice well yeah because i don't did you mention that she said she wants to come back to visit next summer? yeah she wants she wants to come back she loves it here yeah um the doll in david's voice just like so fucking like defeated she says so long short stuff and i'm like in now you have a cute little nickname for her so rude. Well, I think they were calling her short stuff earlier, but, like, not in a nice Ow. way. Yeah. So she's like, what? And Ralph is fucking done. So he literally, as they run out to the car, I don't know if you noticed this, but he, Greg saw it when he was watching part of it with me, and we were laughing so hard. He's holding Judy, but he's running so hard that there's one point where she's, like, fully off the ground, and he's just holding her up by her, like, <laughs> fucking right arm. He's just swinging her through the air to the car. Jesus. It's, so fucking funny it's so good 
And then they get to his car, and his car is so stupid. It is the tiniest little car I've ever seen. I hate it. I don't know what kind of car it is. It looks like a little, like, fucking race car little car. You have a thing about hating cars because you hated the tourist trap Jeep, too. Yeah, well, that Jeep was ugly. This car is just, like, comically small. Especially because Rob's a big dude. I just did mm-hmm. not like it. I, I was like, why? Why? Why do we have to do this? So they get to my favorite part. I know. They get to the car and Ralph screams. Why? Because her teddy is in the car. Oh, my eyes are watering. (laughs) Are you crying? Um, I literally was crying last night. uh, So he's panicked because now there's a doll in his car. And even though he's accepting all of these stories from them, clearly there's still a part of him that knows what happened. And she's like, oh my gosh, it's my best friend Teddy. And I think you said it best. What is the line? My best let friend. Me get, let me get the exact line. She goes, he goes, who is this? And she's like, that's Teddy. He's my best friend. Next to you, I mean. Oh, we love their bond. It's so fucking cute. Oh, I love it. And they really are best friends by oh, the end of this whole thing. They really are. They're, they've really bonded. Um, and so he's, like, very confused as to why the doll is here. And she's like, toys are loyal. Duh. Have you learned anything? Oh, Teddy, oh. I love you. But I then. Love you so much. In a heartbreaking turn of events, in my opinion. Oh, this really hurt me. It Judy, did. it did me in. Instead of being smart and just getting in the car and leaving, Judy turns back to Hillary and Gabriel, and as a delightful child, gives them Teddy and says that he can hang out with all the other dolls and that he should live there with them. You don't just give away your best friend like that. You just don't. That's the thing. It's just like, it, I, it goes both ways where I'm like, oh my god, you just got him back. And right. you said he's his best friend. Like, and because I have attachment issues, I'd be like, I'm never letting this doll out of my fucking sight again. Mm-hmm. Like, it's gonna, I'm gonna sew it into my body. Like, we're then like, but it also it's endearing because she's like, well, now that she knows for a fact that they come to life. Yeah. Like, she's like, well, maybe he would have a happier life if he stayed here and he could play with other toys all the time like every day and i'll be back like i'm gonna come back next summer and i'll see him then so it's not like i'm saying about him forever so it is very it's like heartbreaking and endearing at the same time because i'm like no we just got him back please yeah so she gives teddy away and they're like he will be here anytime you want to visit don't worry and she's like okay so she runs back off to the car they get in and judy immediately starts trying to set up ralph and her mother because oh, she wants Ralph to be her new stepfather. She's like, wait till you meet my mom. She's really cool. She's really pretty, and you're going to like her. And then she goes, as they're driving off in the distance, you hear her go, hey, you ever wanted a daughter? And it's well, so cute. Like, hey, did you ever want to get married? Yeah. <gasps> ever wanted a daughter? So sweet and cute. They drive off. I assume that they live out happily, have, oh my, happily ever after. And now back inside, we see that the rest of our cast has turned into many versions of themselves as dolls. Like you said, they all look exactly like themselves except for David. Even fucking Rosemary has, like, a towel on her head. Um, and outside, a new white car is driving by and again gets stuck in the same mud outside. And the credits start to roll as we get to watch what is the cycle beginning again of the couple getting out of the car, fighting, and eventually going up to the castle. Yes. Delightful. Um, and something I wanted to add, which is the other fun fact that I didn't want to say before, mm-hmm. is that there was, as I said, at one point, Stuart Gordon was very interested in directing a sequel to this film. And the initial storyline was going to be that it was going to follow Judy and Ralph, thank God. 
they were going to be in Boston. Ralph would have married Judy's mom. Oh, yes. And they were going to be a family. And then one day, Judy would receive a box sent from England, which is where they were, um, that would contain Gabriel and Hillary as dogs. <gasps> Ooh. I don't know. It doesn't. It didn't say anything else of where it was supposed to go from there. Obviously, it never ended up happening. But, like, oh, I would have gobbled it up in a heartbeat. Yeah, that would have been great. But, yeah, that's Dolls. Dolls. Dolls, dolls, dolls. So, we're going to do something new. Yay! It's going to become a tradition here on the Girls of Carvey Horror because you know what? We're growing, we're learning, we're making the best of the best. Constantly so, altering what we're doing, yes, shifting, making things better. Constantly building, constantly improving. So, it's time, Alex, for a cue and slay. <laughs> Slay is a time for us to slice and dice through five pre-decided questions that we'll be doing every week for each of our movies. They may vary depending on the film, but mostly they'll be the same, just to kind of fully sum up our feelings and our thoughts on the film. So, Alex, who should start? Um, I, I'll start. So, okay. what would you say is your favorite kill from this movie? My favorite kill? Oof, it is a tough one. I would have to say probably Rosemary's, just because the entire sequence we finally get to see like all the dolls coming to life at once with all their different little creepy little facial expressions and stop mm-hmm. motion and all their little weapons. And it is debatably like the biggest sequence because the closest we get after that is Ralph's, but Ralph doesn't end up dying. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say Rosemary. I just love all the stop motion that's going on with that and like them like stabbing her and trying to like saw off her feet I think is Mm -hmm. really really fun yes I agree with you because also she is the one most deserving of the death so it's it's like the most satisfying but you you touched on it earlier and it's my it's like the main reason why it's my favorite which is just that the implication that all the dolls then just went outside and lifted her body up and then brought it back inside and like displayed it like that's just so funny to me so they go above and beyond in that sense, and I really respect it. I mean, I'm, there's obviously the possibility that it was Gabriel and Hillary who did it, but I like to think the dolls did it. So that is also oh. my favorite death. I'm sure the dolls did it. So second question for our cue and slay is, who from this movie, if you were in it, would be your partner? Now you can interpret that however you want. Partner in crime, best friend, romantic lover, interest, Per se. Not in this one. <laughs> um, I think for me, I think my partner would be Judy just because I feel like you are the Judy to my Ralph. And oh my god, that's so sweet! I just feel like that's very much our relationship. And also, just like Judy's so sweet and kind. I would absolutely want to hang out with her above anybody else. Like, Ralph is also really nice, but if I have my option, I'm hanging out with Judy. We're going to find the elves. Mm-hmm. We're going to. Oh, we're going to have such a good time. I'm going to do her hair. We're going to have a great great little night because she's my daughter. So obviously she's my pick. That's an excellent choice. Thank you. This was a hard one to I know pick. your choice. Come on. We all know your choice. I know. It's Teddy. It's Teddy. It's Teddy. In any form he chooses to come in. Normal sized Teddy. Big bulk Teddy. Evil werewolf bear Teddy. I'll take him however he wants to come. <laughs> and you know what? I'll make my own goddamn sitcom with me and Teddy. Oh my God. We're going to make millions. <laughs> Ugh. But on to the next one. Um, Okay, next question is, what is your favorite line from this movie? Favorite line? Okay, I wrote so many down from this movie because, like, there were so many good ones. And as I was saying, like, overall, I really, really loved the message of this movie. Mm -hmm. 
just like maintaining being a kid and you brought it up earlier um in half of it but there's a line once um judy has saved ralph from being attacked um and they're having their little council whisper meeting of like you know ralph's like what are they saying what's going on and judy says they're trying to decide if you're really an adult or just a kid in disguise and then ralph says i've been trying to figure that out for years (laughs) and i was like oh that really feels like my struggle right now Mm -hmm. and being like in a very transitional period of my life of being like i'm not a child anymore very much so i'm not even a teenager like i am a young adult and like i have to start doing scary things and like letting go unfortunately of childish things but then i'm like but gabriel said why why do you have to let them go which is like the huge message and I'm like does Gabriel want to adopt me can I go live in his big toy house but yeah so I think that li- there's so many I could pick from but I'd say that one is my favorite I think it's a very good line um we already talked about mine um but I'll just reiterate that it is her on her fucking five bread bowls saying do you trust kids Yes. Her five breath holes is so funny to me. It just fucking kills me. There's also another line that she has really early on when she, like, hears giggling from a door and they ask, like, what is it? And she just, like, very maniacally goes, just my imagination. Just, like, every line she has, she just has that, like, classic child nasally voice with, like, a little bit of a lisp and she's so fucking cute. So everything she says is really adorable, but do you trust kids is, like, so high up there for me. I know. Ugh. Ugh. All right. Next question is, Alex, if mm-hmm. you were placed in this horror movie, mm. would you survive it? I believe that I would have a similar trajectory to Ralph mm-hmm. um, because I think initially I would be very creeped out by all the dolls just because, I, I mean, I listen and read a lot of paranormal stuff. I know a lot about, like, the very haunted dolls like Annabelle and Robert the Doll and Peg... Um, Peggy the doll, I think her name is. Like, there's a lot of really scary dolls out there. So I think initially my reaction would be like, get the fuck away from me. But I think if I had someone like Judy with me and I realized that if if I just love them, they'll love me, then I would be okay. Because I do love me, my animals. I had teddy bears and animals growing up and I would like be devastated if they would not get played with or if they got put away somewhere because I would say they're all lonely and scared. So I do think mm-hmm. that I still have that like child in me and I think I would survive, but I'd probably get bit by one or two in the process. Get bit by a rat. Yeah, for sure. Um, Just to pause quickly, is there something beeping where you are? Yeah. It's okay. a car. I didn't know if I was hearing things. No, it's a car. Sorry, guys. Don't even bother cutting it out, Greg. I mean, it, he's not going to be able to. Yeah. It's, it's ongoing. City living. <laughs> we love being in the square. God. Um, I, this one was so easy for me. Yeah. Like, from, like, minute one, I was like, oh, my God. I love, as we know, I love to imagine myself as a final girl, like, really mm-hmm. striving to get to the end in every movie. But I have to be realistic a lot of the time, and I'm like, ugh. You know, my slow ass would get slashed down here. Like, I'd make this fatal, stupid mistake. I'd fall for this dumb idiot himbo and that mm-hmm. would be my downfall um but in this one I was like oh my god it's a cakewalk I would survive so easily I wouldn't bat an eye I would very much be Judy because I'd be coming strapped up with at least one stuffed animal I would see those dolls and I'd be like oh my god like not even because I particularly think they were cute or I want to play with them but I in general I love like antiques and like 
especially honestly like creepy looking dolls and shit like that like I love that stuff so I would just be like oh my god like show me how you make the dolls like well like all of it I would be having a great time I would get along with Ralph swimmingly so of course I am the Judy to your Ralph um so this is honestly now we would both survive and we'd survive together and I love that for us yeah and then you would marry my my dad <laughs> I no, would marry I, your dad I was I like would, what are you talking I, about no I would marry your mom Right. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like you would want to do that in real life. So. I love Marisa. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We, we <laughs> it have all a worked out perfectly. Yay! All right. Final question is: If is there anything in this movie that you would like to have seen done differently? Would you change just anything about it that you would alter if you had been able to like give your opinion or like sway the director in some way? So if I had to change one thing in this movie, I mean, there's so much I like about it. I mean, obviously we talked about, like, we would just make the movie completely different. It would just be about Judy and Teddy. But Mm -hmm. not going that route. I think, truly, I would just have it be um, that... Te- she wouldn't give Teddy away. Essentially, anything involving Teddy. So either I would yeah. change it where, like, she doesn't give Teddy away. Maybe Teddy's with her the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Or even sooner than that, maybe just, like, slaughter her parents right at the beginning. <laughs> and then the movie does become, like, Judy's now parentless and with her big old Teddy. And then she goes to live with this eccentric doll-making couple. And that's the fun little movie. And maybe they can still have visitors come and they kill them. So it's still <laughs> horror. But I think that's what I would change is more Teddy in my movie. Of course. I should have known. <laughs> What would you change? Um, I think I would do one of two things, um, and they're both just just to give me a little bit more information because I am so very lost about two things. One would be explain the torture devices to me a little bit because I want to know what the hell they're used for. Um, <laughs> or B, I would have really enjoyed the head wrap being something that paid off, like they set her hair on fire or they pulled her by her hair. I, I feel like if her death had come via the hair, it would have been really satisfying. Yeah. And that concludes our first ever, and we'll continue on with the tradition, cue and slay. Um, so now, as always, Alex, it's time to give our final ranking on our predetermined ranking system. So would you like to start? What did you give this movie? I give this movie a three and a half, which is somewhere between our Boy Next Door and is it Stoner Bro or Jock? I always it, forget. I believe it's Stoner Bro. Let me is. check the charts I believe, real quick. I believe I consider it. No, it isn't. It's Dumb Jock. So it's uh, Boy Next Door and that Dumb Jock. Dumb Jock who lives next to me. He's so fucking fine, but he's an idiot. He's a himbo, baby. Yeah. I give us a 3.5. I gave it a solid boy next door. Of course I did. totally, like, I think at first, like, I was, like, yeah, like, kind of same as you, like, himbo, boy next door, that's a dumb jock, like, right in the middle, sweet spot there, 3.5. But truly, it's just because it spoke to so much of who I am. Oh, with, yeah. you know, the stuffed animals and, like, the fact that it was very endearing. It reminded me in ways, not because of its endearingness, but just because it, like, it is horror that, like, you probably most people wouldn't show their children but it is almost skewed toward a younger audience something Mm -hmm. like the gate which i know that you didn't love i love the gate um and we're gonna end up doing it on here eventually um but it kind of fell in that strange range of Mm -hmm. like horror that probably isn't really for a younger audience but also is at the same time and i really Mm -hmm. love that shit so i think because of those reasons i was like you know what no i'm giving it that salad for that salad boy next door i love it it's very on brand for you that concludes dolls. Um, we we never even said. Oh my god, we didn't say. What did we not say? 
We didn't say at the beginning of the episode where they can watch it. Oh my god, we didn't. You know what? Honestly, like, y'all have Google, you could have searched it. But if you're at this point in the episode and you're like, you know what? (laughs) I want to know where I can see it. It is streaming on Prime, and I believe also Tubi, am I correct? Um, I'm not sure I watched it on Prime. I also watched it on Prime. It's on Prime, y'all. Come on. And once again, you can just look it up. You don't need us to tell you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's Dolls. It was a really fun, fun time. Cannot go, can't wait to just go live with an old toy maker and his wife and slaughter nasty adults. I mean, that's my dream. Um, but that's really all we have for you this week. Um, once again, check out our friend Trevor's podcast, The Old Kids Movies. Um, if, like me, you are someone that jo- enjoys entertainment that is possibly skewed to a younger audience or family film, stuff like that. Um, and it's really fun. It's been inspiring me to go revisit a lot of uh, films that I watched growing up and kind of, like, reevaluate them with my now young adult eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what we got for you. So thank you for joining us this month. Um, we hope to see you next month. What are we going to do? Um, well, it's going to be – this is going to be on September. Ooh, yes, we have so October coming. October, we have a lot of fun stuff planned. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to have our main episode – but get ready, folks, because we have some mini-sodes. Me and Alex go hard in the motherfucking paint for October and Halloween season, Ooh. and it will be no different for this podcast. So strap in. We're going to give you content on content on content. Yeah, it's Halloween month, baby. I don't fuck around. Oh, I'm so excited. Ooh, it's going to be but, fun. But, yeah, that's what we got for you for this month. So thank you, as always, for listening. Thank and you. we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Girls Who Cried Be Horror. We want, as always, to thank those who've helped us get here. Without them, we would just be screaming about horror to each other instead of in a podcast form. So first, a big thank you to Bridget Garrity for creating our amazing artwork that we love. Please feel free to follow her and check out all of her other artwork on her Instagram at Bridget underscore Elizabeth XO. Support her. We love her. Literally, Anya's sister. Um, a huge thank you also to Nathan Graham, who is our musically talented friend and created our intro music. Please support him on his Instagram at official blue caprice and check out all of his original music on Spotify. And lastly, thank you to my guy, Greg Vellante for editing all of our episodes every month. So we don't sound too stupid. Uh, feel free to check him out on Twitter at Vellante views. And if you were so inclined and you for some reason like me and you want to follow me on social media i don't post very often i am much more of a lurker but please feel free uh, if you want to check out an occasional photo of my cats you can follow me on twitter at alex bramley and if you'd like to follow me on social media please do i love any form of validation my twitter is at a 15 my instagram is at g-e-e-w-a-y the number four and then ever so that's G-Way forever. And if you want to keep up with everything I'm watching, you can follow me on Letterboxd at agarity15. Or you can just search my name and I should be the only Anya Garrity that pops up. Uh, I give my hot takes on a lot of horror movies there as well as non-horror cinema as well. And if you just can't bear the thought of social media accounts that don't have both of our presence, fear not. You can follow The Girls Who Cried Be Horror on Instagram at The Girls Who Cried Be Horror and Twitter at Girls Who Cried BH. You can also email us all your thoughts, opinions, and darkest secrets at thegirlswhocriedbehorror at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Leaving written reviews really helps us out 
and helps the podcast out a lot and it only takes a minute so please do us this kindness and in return you will own a piece of our souls forever (laughs) you'll become a horcrux so thank you so much y'all and until next time keep it creepy The girls who cried be horror